Brent, Brent, I found I found us on Facebook. I listened to you last time. I can get to Spotify now. And I and I hit the favorites, so I get the notifications now. But then it got me thinking. Like I, I was excited when I got on my TV and I went to Amazon and we was there and, and like I got a bunch of devices over here and really only ever listen to my car, but like now there's all sorts of possibilities. Like where else are we found? Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I mean, we're on Apple. If you got an iPhone, uh, we're on Google. So all you gotta do is go in the search bar and search us. We're on Google. Yeah, it's worth a Google. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're on Overcast, iHeartRadio. You already talked about Amazon, which is the biggest company in the freaking world. Uh, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> we're on uh, Castbox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, Good Pods, and. Thanks to our host, Anchor FM, we're on them and Spotify. You both didn't already know that? Jeez, you're idiot. Hey, everybody. Welcome to High Spots and Kickouts. Uh, I'm Brent. There's no... Is the mic on? Yeah. No. I'm what? back. I'm back. I happen to be back this week, don't I? Yeah, Clint's here. Yeah, I am. He uh, found... He fa- he's back from his excursion. I, uh, I'm back, and I gotta say, this show sucked without me on it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we had Mark once. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was like a two-week time period without him, too. Mark, he's he, all right. He went on an expedition in the desert to find you. Yeah, he got which, lost, I guess. So, uh, which, which one did you end up in? Oh, it's, that's classified. That's understandable. That's not to say I, maybe I wasn't even in the desert. Ooh. Well, then Dick paid people to take you somewhere. Well, well maybe he didn't do such a good job. <laughs> uh, but not doing heel shit, because that's what heels do. We are dickless this week. <laughs> I'm not. That's oh. mine. I got mine right here with me all the time. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I met the other guy. Oh, that I was talks. Say, I'm, I'm a, just a big dick Midwestern boy, bud. You know what I'm saying? No, not really. <laughs> I keep mine with me every day of the week. It goes everywhere with me. Thing is, we're actually back from a two-week summer vacation hiatus. Well, Sum, SummerSlam, Ric Flair's last match. I've been gone longer, but. Well, yeah, you had other stuff going on. You got thrown in the trunk of a car. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit happens. Uh, thing we haven't even talked about yet. I mean, we've talked about it, but we haven't actually talked about it. Vince McMahon retiring, and Triple H is now in charge. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, in in my in my my uh my my absence, there's been a lot of crazy shit going on. To be honest with you, uh, Vince McMahon retires. Ric Flair has his last match. Uh, MJF, we still haven't heard shit from him. Who's MJF? Uh, Jade Cargill still undefeated. That's unfortunate. Oh, no, that's good news. Um, Madison Rain's now a part of AEW. Yeah. Uh, Triple H is in charge of WWE. Well, Stephanie's in charge, but Triple H is in charge of like the wrestling aspect, I guess, is what we're looking yeah. at here, because yes. I'm sure he has to go through Stephanie to get the hires and whatnot, but like as far as creative goes, and I was... I heard a thing this morning on the radio, on Busted Open Radio, that said that he has allowed them for the first time last night on SmackDown to have live mics and say kind of what they wanted instead of, you know, whatever was we had scripted for you for today. Is that, so, is that why Liv Morgan looked a little lost? I think so, because she's always probably one of them people that's always had a scripted promo. So there might be a few people it takes a week or two to get, you know, but I don't think it's going to take long for a lot of guys to to get it figured out i think fair amount of them will transition over and maybe not live but i'm pretty sure uh SummerSlam, a lot of the matches were called in the ring too uh if if not then they were 
at least the, they worked whatever the ending of the match was going to be out, and then maybe they let him call it up to that point, you know. Um, but look at that sweater on that guy, huh? Oh, it's Butterbean. How about that? It's still a sweet sweater. We're watching Raw from 97, and Butterbean's got a... It's definitely, a, I'm pretty sure, a Gucci sweater. I'd wear it. So, it's it's he's a big man. I'd probably fit in it. Yeah. Probably both of us might be able to fit in as big as Butterbean <laughs> is. But uh, but no, it's uh, wrestling's it's it's uh, it's shaking back up again, and you know it does that. Yeah, it's it's been really really dry landscape for a long time, and now I I don't know we're in we're kind of in new waters, you know. Vince McMahon's gone, like he's gone, gone. We've never known him not in our lifetime, right? Um, it's, and it's weird because you know there's a lot of people that think behind the scenes somehow some way he's still in charge, but I don't think that he is. I think that he's he's like gone from it i don't think he he might have a phone call like stephanie i don't think you should be doing that and she's like yeah sure dad but like i don't i don't think he can call anybody and go hey you got to change that because if you don't i can do this and that like be like that was bullshit pal let's I, get rid of it <laughs> I, you know i think he might have more problems coming his way to be honest with you i think he's got bigger fish to fry and i think i don't know i wonder what his first day without being a part of wwe was like what do you think he actually slept a whole entire night and then got up like a normal person at 7 a.m. and like got breakfast and like was like, no, I don't got to walk the dog. Uh, I'm pretty sure he would probably died if he actually did that. I bet he was still at the gym until like 4 in the morning and then still did his normal routine like minus work, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what outside of making business deals or whatever he does at his WWE office like because he's not allowed to go there and do anything. So what, what, what do you think he's replaced that shit with? It's got to be something. Maybe he's finally he's going to start watching movies and stuff. Or maybe he's just fucking turned into Robert Kraft and he's just fucking women all over the place all the time now. Well, maybe him and Johnny Ace are just going to start playing golf together all the time. And the, you know, the bad thing about it is Vince McMahon's had so much money and he's already traveled the world, you know, as yeah, far as WWE goes and things like that. What the fuck do you... I mean... Yeah, there's nothing left for him to do. I think that's why he was doing illegal shit or paying people off and shit because he'd already done everything else. Why not start doing criminal shit? I've already done all the other things. Speak. You know, what the fuck. How do you think the uh, conversation? I thought that was Logan Paul. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of like Stephanie in charge now, and how Triple H has brought a few people back already. How do you think that conversation went? Because it's like, hey, Nick Khan fired this person, but like now you're in charge, so I want him back. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, did Nick Khan really fire him, or was it always Vince McMahon going, "No, we're getting rid of this guy, we're getting rid of this guy," and Nick Khan being like, "I mean, all right, you're the one who says we're going to get rid of him, we got to get rid of him," like. Because Nick Khan's, well, he's co-CEO with Stephanie, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, maybe it's guys who they never really wanted to get rid of. And no matter what, Vince had the say-so on whether people would go or they say because, you know, he was the be-all, end-all. And, and I mean, honestly, like, carrying Cross, Killer Cross, whatever you want to call him, he's he's not a bad wrestler. He's a little older, and I think that's why Vince McMahon got rid of him because I think he's, he's, like, 38, maybe. Which is in the prime of his wrestling career. Yeah, for us and, and yeah. what what you'd want a wrestler to be, but in Vince McMahon's eyes, he's looking for twenty three year olds. You know what I mean? Uh, the next, that's the the next generational star. Yeah, and he doesn't want uh, he didn't want like guys who've been trained as wrestlers. You know, as far as the SummerSlam, uh, um, the the workout thing they had for people to come try their tryouts or whatever he they wants had. Sports entertainers. They had the biggest concussion rate or whatever that they've ever had as far as people coming to try out, and it was mostly like like college runners and like people who'd never taken a bump or been in a wrestling ring in their life, and people like you know models and fucking shit like that. And it's like that's cool if that's what you want, but 
Like the, that's the reason Big E's fucking never gonna wrestle ever again. Did you see the you know art? I mean? Do you see the article that they have a hundred wrestlers in the training, like coming up? Yeah, and then that, the, that aren't even part of NXT or any of those things. And I mean, a majority of them will probably get cut. But and you know, I've noticed that maybe with Triple H in charge, like you know, they've got and it's you see shit on the internet, so you don't know if it's actually true with them saying that oh they're looking for indie wrestlers again. They could just be saying that shit to get Tony Khan fired up, to get AEW fired up, or it could be nothing at all. It could be just people making shit up because Triple H is in charge. But it seems to me like they're trying to start their own power plant, like WCW style. And you seen what came out of their fucking wrestling organization yeah. when they started training their own guys. We got Goldberg. That was the only one. They that, fired Batista because they didn't think he was going to be anything. Look at him now. As far as Hollywood goes and everything he did in wrestling, whether certain people on this podcast like him or not, I mean, the fucker was big time at one yeah. point in time. He injured himself all the time, but he was he, uh, he you, was it for a while. You don't become WWE champion by not being good. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know, man. He was in the main event of a couple of WrestleManias, and you can't deny that shit. So I, I, I don't know, man. I just I don't like when, when companies do shit like that. Like, oh, we're just going to. Get all these guys who've never wrestled before and fucking turn them into superstars, right? But when then we're going to have like, we're just going to train them like moderately train them. But then, then, but then we wonder why we put them on TV six weeks later. Yeah, it blows suck. my mind. It blows my mind. I mean, I get it. They're looking for Kurt Angle's dudes who are just going to fucking blow up and stand out or whatever. But I don't know, man. I think is Kurt Angle learned in the ring on TV. Yeah, yeah. He actually could do it. A lot of these people can't. Well, speaking of that, I don't know if you've been watching any of the documentaries, the A&E documentaries, but his his episode is really good. Uh, his his whole they, they could make a movie about Kurt Angle's life, honest to God, up until the point when he gets a WWF contract, WWE contract, whatever you want to say, and then they could end it right there. Man, his whole entire story is, is like, a, a, to me, I was watching a movie when I watched his documentary the other night because it... Honest to God, I think they get the right actors, right directors, right people to write that movie. Like someone could win a fucking Oscar playing the Kurt Angle story. I mean, he was a part of the Olympics. He's uh, was a part of the Foxcatcher stuff. Um, he, his dad had like a tragic death. Um, his sister had a tragic death. His brothers are known for being these fucking badass brawlers in Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, he's got a hell of a crazy story. The drugs and the broken necks, and he broke his neck like every year for like fucking four years. And then continue to wrestle with it and shit. And it's just, he's got the, like, the most crazy fucking story ever, man. And, like, I was sitting there watching it and I was like, man, as many, like, biography movies as I've seen about people, like, his could actually be good. And, like, when he won the Olympics, he gives the speech and shit. And, like, oh, I did it for my mom. He's crying. And he gives her, puts the Olympic medal around her neck and they fucking film the whole thing and all that, like, during the 96 Olympics or whatever. And it's like, goddamn, like... If they got the right people, man, this could be a hell of a fucking movie, you know? I don't know why no one's ever done that. Or they picked other sports figures or whatever, but maybe it's because it's wrestling, I guess. But Can they put the part in the movie where he went to ECW and then decided that... They uh, didn't talk about that in the documentary, and that <laughs> kind of was like... I was like, ooh, that's weird that they didn't... He, he In the documentary, he talks about how he had a meeting with Vince McMahon... And he told them that he could never lose a match. And Vince was like, all right, it was nice meeting you, pal. And But at that time, they offered him a $3 million contract for like three years or something like that. It's a million dollars for three years. And that was in 1996 after he'd won the Olympics. And, uh, and then he went and had the meeting and was like, well, I can never lose a match. And Vince was like, all right, well, fucking, it was nice meeting you. And then uh, and like two years later, he called him up and was like, hey, I'd like to do this. And they were like, 
oh yeah that's the guy that didn't want to lose a match and they're like well you, you can come up and try out he was like what do you mean try out i'm kurt angle and they're like yeah you can try out and if we give you a job you're going to come in at the lowest rate any wrestler would we're not going to give you that three million that we were going to give you in 96 because you're just not as popular as you were then so he came in and put the fucking work in and like it shows his training videos his personal training videos of getting ready to become a wwf superstar and, and get in that mode dude and fucking ridiculous dude it's like it shows other guys training with him and then kurt angle's like no nah, i'm going an extra two hours an extra three hours not sleeping at night okay he the weird drive that he has to like win is very strange i don't it's very rare in a person to have something like that and i think whatever that is in his brain is what made him adapt so quickly to wrestling and it's he has to, had to be the top of whatever sport he was in football wrestling baseball and uh, professional wrestling dude the motherfucker was an animal in all of them He's an Olympic champion and he's a WWE champion. Yeah, I mean, and he talks about in the in the documentary he, how he never he, even liked wrestling. He wanted to he, play football. You don't care about the belt, but he was the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, he didn't talk about any of that. Uh, TNA, they kind of he kind of kind of talks about how that wasn't look like like basically shit on that part of his career. Kind of not only really shit on it, but it was like it wasn't probably like the basically the downside of my career. Which I've seen him put on some really good matches in TNA, but. Again, like, if you compare that to his WWE career, like, yeah. <laughs> I was going to see if they'd put the part of the movie where he was at ECW whenever uh, Raven crucified the Sandman. Yeah, no, I, I was looking for that in the documentary for him to speak on that and stuff, but they didn't put that in the documentary. Uh, yeah. And that's when he told Paul Heyman, nope, I'm out. <laughs> but they had, they didn't even have Paul Heyman on the documentary at all, too, which was kind of crazy to me because him and Paul Heyman had a big, had kind of a big, uh, kind of was like a big thing but for a couple of years they were in each other's deal and paul hammond handpicked him to be the guy for the new ecw when they restarted it and everything so but there was a guy mark henry was on there it didn't say it said former wwe talent didn't say AEW nothing on there or anything yeah, but we don't talk about AEW. <laughs> it's like what the fuck is an aew but it's a really good documentary i recommend it for anybody who's a wrestling fan and not a wrestling fan so i've seen the undertaker and then i haven't watched the rest of them yet so undertakers was okay just, but it was like just just to let you know the uh youtube tv doesn't carry a and e so uh, I, you can get I don't, well I yeah guess, yeah you know. i have to wait till the next day and then i can watch it on the app and say i get the app that's how i watch but, it but then i have a bunch of shit going, i've had shit going on for the last like three weeks so i missed goldberg and goldberg's is decent um, and the bella twins and, he wants to be a superhero and then bella twins is i didn't watch i didn't maybe someday but maybe. I, there was no need for me to just maybe i didn't feel like i needed to follow their career that much yeah they're all right, but I I just never I don't know. They they were they were a part of the diva revolution or whatever you want to call it, women's revolution, only because they were like on the roster at that time and they weren't even full time wrestling. And then they like took a bunch of credit for being like the ones who started the women's revolution and shit. And it's like no, you just happen to be on like you were there part of it. And then like like Bree's a really good wrestler, I feel like, and Nikki's okay, but like you know. I don't know. I didn't. I just didn't didn't care for the whole shtick, to be honest with you. Here, here's another question: How Paige's contract ran out? Was that like Vince's decision, and like she might be showing back up again? Or? Uh, I don't know. I don't think we, she's done with WWE. You know, it might we, be too much. Too many sour grapes there. I think. Maybe not. I don't know. I feel like there might be though. Or are we gonna see her show up for TK? But like with Vince McMahon being gone. Uh, there could be a whole bunch if he really is gone gone like we were talking about earlier and like he's not allowed to touch it anymore and he after six months when all this dies down or whatever if it does die down 
um, if, you know, if, is he never going to be allowed to come back? And I'm saying at his age, what's he, 76, well, 77? At his age, probably not at this point, especially if Triple H and Stephanie do good. And so far for the last, well, I'm pretty since sure. SummerSlam, and I guess SummerSlam night up until now, it's it's been better than it was going. I guess it can't get any worse unless they take it off TV um, than, than it was before. And I feel like, like I watched Raw for the first time on Monday night. And like I told you earlier, I, I, it was because it's so fucking long, dude. Three hours is a long time. And not that it wasn't a good show, but as soon as the main event hit, I fucking fell asleep. And I which, woke up with the last six minutes, which, which is the best six minutes. Which did you see Kevin Nash on his, uh, was it Click This or I, whatever? I haven't listened to this week's. He, uh, he talks about uh, Raw and being three hours, and he's like, that was the downfall of Nitro. He goes... It's too long. People can't keep the attention. Oh, man. He's uh, like, the Raw needs to be two hours. <laughs> they were doing the entrances, and the Usos were coming out, and I immediately just passed right out. And then I woke up with speaking. maybe six minutes left, and I'd seen <laughs> you know, the ending and everything, and I was like, whoo, going to bed. Fucking. Speaking of entrances, the fucking ramp runway for SummerSlam. Yeah, it was like a weird zigzag. Yeah, when we first got into the stadium and I saw it, I'm like, Fuck, man. Roman Reigns' entrance takes 10 minutes as it is. This is going to take 45 fucking minutes for him to walk that far. It took Bailey a month to get to the ring when she came out, too. I was like, they're going to have to fucking start her music over by the time she hits the ring. Yeah, I know. The bad part is half those people, he didn't even realize that stuff happened in their theme music because it hadn't... It hasn't even... It normally doesn't get that far. Dick was hoping for wacky, wailing, flailing, and wailing, inflatable arm mans or whatever the fuck you call them. And I was like, dude, you're never getting that again. It's all right. I didn't tell Ashley that the rumors were that Bailey was going to show up. So when her, Bailey's music hit, she popped pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. So, so did the big, fat, smelly guy next to me. I still want to know what she had in all them pockets. Can't. hope they do like a WWE 24-7 or the backstage. And it has them going through her pockets and showing what she's got in all of them. Like, like I got some change, some skittles. Well, yeah, one's got change in it. One's got tots. One's probably got skittles and different candies. The other one's got money. The other one's got credit cards, and the other one's probably got like female effects and whatnot. No, it's probably got like a slapjack. You might need it. To take oh a little yeah, or some brass knucks. Yeah. I didn't think about that. She's a heel now. Yeah, that's fucking Bull Buchanan. I- Actually, the guy, the big, fat, smelly guy next to me, he popped real big for Bailey. I bet he did. But, but dude, when Dakota Kai's music hit, I thought he just straight up jizzed in his pants. You think she smelled him from up there? Like, I remember that guy. Yeah. I, I smelled him from Pointed up there. Pointed to him and shit up there in the stands. Like, I remember you. And the bad part is, of course, he was a Roman Reigns and Usos fan. Oh, yeah. So he, he kept having to do the one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, put your fucking arm down. Should have went and bought him a glove. Superman, he's a Superman bunch glove. <laughs> and then uh, th- there's two guys behind us that you could tell they hadn't watched wrestling in like 20 years, and they came to SummerSlam just to have a good time. And they <laughs> they were me and Ashley's commentary team listening to him behind us, and they didn't realize Roman Reigns wore the glove. And he, they're like, "What is he about to do?" And he does the. And they're like, oh, he's cocking it up. He's getting ready to go. <laughs> I think that shit's then well done. Too. And then they're like, "Wait, was he?" Oh, he straight up punched him with it. <laughs> I think that shit's dumb too when he cocks the arm before he gets ready to hit him with it. Just hit him with a Superman punch. Oh. It's that over-the-top superhero shit that hopefully they'll start killing that shit off a little bit. I'd just like to see him lace the man with a Superman punch. You don't got to fucking... Like it's going to fucking... Here's my boomstick. You know? I don't know. I, that shit's always been I, so... That's made me one of the things that's always hated Roman Reigns. I like the, what they're doing with them now, and like I'm totally a fan. But that shit right there is what. As soon as I see it, I think cream cream colored turtleneck every time. 
I had a good time at SummerSlam, except for the guy sitting next to me who, he was wider than his seat, and he smelled horrible, and like he shook his leg the entire time, and since he was sitting on top of me, I was just bouncing up and down the whole show. Uh, You guys were in Nashville, so. Yeah. You know. And it was outside. And it's hillbilly-ish there, so. You gotta deal with the smells, the sights and sounds. I'm surprised that Raccoon didn't hit the... uh, hit the stadium at some time or a crazy old possum or some shit like that what wild bird come flying down oh in there. man we could have had some ricky rabies <laughs> that would have been fucking wild there were drones they were the one they put they only put people on one side of the stadium and the other side was all tarped off and it's production crew and it kind of like with royal rumble yeah and uh they had drones on that side of the stadium that they were flying and that's how they had all the aerial views and the mm, they must have mirrored because they kind of showed a giant aerial view of it at one point in time it looked like the whole arena was full so they must have no. camera tricked everybody no, into they, making it look like this if they would have if they would have fooled both if they would have filled both sides there would have been easily eighty thousand people there not 40 they showed a far out shot at one point and it looked like the whole entire stadium was packed and i looked at dick and i was like well fuck man it looked like they sold the whole entire building out not like royal rumble he's like i know but then you said that, and I thought, I wonder if they're using some sort of a camera trick to just make it look like the like a they mirror were, trick to make it look they like were probably, all sides of the arena are filled. You know, they were probably just using a Titans game. That could be. I don't know, man. It was. It did. It look like it was completely packed, and I was like, holy fuck! Like they actually look like they got a sold out, or you know, arena or whatever tonight, uh, stadium. Like they sold out the whole floor, and then they only sold one side of. Well, they did like the bowl. And then the other side, they left completely empty. I wonder if they have to have all that shit over there to get their like, weird laser shit to work. Probably. The, uh, the like the rubber mat going around the outside of the SummerSlam, the barricade. It was like it was like a it was like a rubber mat, but at the same time, it had an LED board on it that changed. Because me and Dick were watching, and we noticed when someone got thrown into the side of it, he's like, Did "That thing just change," and I was like. I was like, I don't think so. And we were sitting there watching it, and then a little bit later, like, the lights in the back of it started to change or whatever. And I was like, what the fuck? But it was just like a weird rubber mat that went over the barricade, and it was like a giant SummerSlam mat. And somehow it was like an LED headlight. It kept changing. Oh, it was really weird looking. But you, you did notice they were using one of their training rings since they let Brock fucking destroy it at the end. No, I didn't realize that. Yeah, they weren't using, like, an actual ring that they normally use on SmackDown or whatever. If you look at, like, the posts, they were just basic straight up turnbuckle post well it looked like he about missed the ring or had the bucket up too high when he hit it the first time as he moved it way back yeah shoved it over about five feet like oh shit moving it back gotta pick it up yeah that was that was interesting when he did that um wasn't ready for it that's for sure i mean i've seen him destroy the ring with two different wrestlers well i know did they do that with brock lesnar and big show and did he do that with somebody else did he destroy the ring with someone else i know big show and mark henry did it together which I thought was better than when him and Lesnar did it. Uh, I don't know. Big Show's ex- imploded a ring like 10 times in his career. Yeah. I know there was one that was like the best one ever, and the ref sold it like a million fucking dollars and like flopped off the side of the fucking yeah, like, pretty, the ring and then like like looked up over the top of the ring like, what the fuck? And like he wasn't even supposed I'm to be pretty, a part of it. I'm pretty sure it probably was Brock and Big Show. Was that Show. him and Big Show's? Yeah. So uh, you, you got a rumor roll up for us this week? Well, it's, yeah. Your, it's your segment. I got to come back with some good shit, right? Gather around to see what the boys and girls are talking about this week on the Rumor Roller.
Yeah. So um, it's been reported that Sasha and Naomi have re-signed, but um, Dave Meltzer's the one who, I guess, reported that. Um, now he's backing up and saying he don't know if they've signed yet. He just said that. Uh, we don't know if that's true or not. Well, yeah, I figured he said he uh, sure is already out of WWE, and he said quite a few other things recently that he's been wrong about. So, um, so Ronda Rousey is being she was kind of a heel, I guess, at SummerSlam, yeah, right. She's yeah. being listed um as a babyface in WWE. Um, so my thoughts is seeing how she's got, you know, suspended. Um, for putting the referee in the armbar and goes, that's how you tap out. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would imagine um that they will probably end up getting three matches out of Shayna Baszler and Liv Morgan. And I would bet that Liv's probably going to win the first one. Um, and then Shayna's probably going to beat her. And then she's going to beat Liv again. And then when Ronda comes back, like, Shayna's a way better. I th- Everybody's wanted to see Shayna versus Ronda since the first time Ronda was in WWE, I feel like. Um, and they are friends or training partners or whatever the fuck they were. So, um, Liv Morgan's not going to be a good enough heel for Ronda Rousey when she comes back. And if Liv Morgan's well, Liv, a baby well, Liv face. Fort, Liv's not even actually a heel. Yeah, that's what I mean. If she's baby face, and she is. Um, even though she got the boot or the shit boot out of Shana her. And Shayna Baszler's like the best heel. Her whole style is heel. Like brawler style, you know what I mean? So I, I think that what they'll probably do in the first match is just a bold prediction. But I imagine Ronda Rousey will show up and cost Shayna Baszler the match somehow but like interference or whatever and then that'll be how Liv keeps the belt and then Shayna don't get pinned they'll have a second match and Shayna will beat her and then in the return match Shayna will beat Liv again and fucking Ronda will come back and it'll be Ronda versus Shayna at I don't know Survivor Series Series. so they can keep Ronda off TV for a while she don't get injured they ain't got shit for her to do you know so the schedules they can have Shayna just pound that motherfuckers out every week until Ronda comes back. And she, Shayna can come out and talk shit like Ronda's scared of me. That's why she's not here, blah, 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 you know. So I think the schedule for the rest of the year, you got to Clash at the Castle at the end or, or beginning of this or beginning of September. Then you have uh, Extreme Rules in October. Summer Slams in November. And then I think December they're going back to Saudi. So, Crown Jewel or one of those? You know, with Vince McMahon not being a part of WWE, that shit could end up falling apart, too, I was thinking. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know how well the business dealings are with... I thought Vince was the one that was doing those deals. So, if he's not doing those deals, like, does that fall apart and they don't go there anymore? I would be fine with them not growing over there, to be honest with you. Because, I mean... But if they're already promised dates up to a point, WWE will fulfill those dates, you know what I mean? But I just wonder, after that point... Like maybe you know I don't know when they how they set their crown jewel their shit up I really don't I'm not like how far in advance they do it so maybe they've got fucking like six dates they're supposed to fill over there over the next three years maybe they've I guess depending on what's going on in the world outside of you know war or some kind of crazy shit popping off do they fill those dates or do they like eh we we just not fuck it what are you gonna do come over here and make us yeah. <laughs> Or the company folds or whatever. Hopefully not. Be like, did you did you give us our gold bars yet? Yeah, the, um, that's the thing too. Did they? I don't did know. Vince McMahon use those to pay somebody off too. Vince might have those in his basement, like his own Fort Knox. He might. He just it, might. It could be entertaining. Who knows? Uh, Does anybody got Vince McMahon's cell phone number? We need <laughs> to give him a call. 
Somebody out there does. I wonder if him and CM Punk still text each other. Um, so Spiteful is reporting that Tommaso Ciampa is probably going to be a big beneficiary of Triple H. Well, yeah, he's already. This. So, you know, he's Triple he's, H's guy. He's already the number one contender to the United States title. And and with Roman Reigns gone, they need a title for to be prominent. And it's probably, I would imagine, after the video package they showed on Monday Night Raw for the U.S. title, that that's probably going to be the prominent title on Raw. And that the well, Intercontinental from, title, I would imagine, if if they start pushing it right again, and Triple H was an Intercontinental champ at one time, so maybe he'll start pushing it in a way that it can become more prominent on SmackDown that way. Well, well from, know, from what I've read earlier today, USA is upset with the lack of a world championship on Monday Night Raw. So Cross coming back and instantly getting put into the Drew McIntyre-Roman Reigns feud is a way for them to challenge for one title. And you can either have Cross or McIntyre lose, take the pin, and a belt comes off of Roman without him actually losing, which keeps his pin streak and the universal title still intact. I can tell you what I would do at the Clash. I would fucking sign Davey Boy Smith Jr. and have him fucking jump, fucking carry and cross, cost him the fucking title. And then have fucking Roman just fucking beat Drew straight up in the middle of the ring. And then you can have Karrion Cross and fucking Davy Boy go off and do that shit over there. And then Drew can fucking follow Davy Boy and beat up Karrion Cross. They can become the new well, British Bulldogs. Well, Drew's actually a part of SmackDown, so. That's what I'm saying. So, you know what I mean? Drew could get with Davy Boy Jr. after the clash. And they could fucking be both mad at Karrion because they cost him the title or whatever. And fucking, they could become the new British Bulldogs, right? Tag team, got them. And then Roman can go off and do whatever. Triple H could bring up bring up Braun, or maybe he resigns fucking uh, Bray Wyatt or fucking Braun Strowman or somebody like that. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe bring Seth Rollins up to the title, or maybe Cody Rhodes is going to be back in like a month or two. You know, they're talking about he. Well, Vince McMahon was talking Royal Rumble, and Cody Rhodes was like, nah, it's going to be. He was on the radio, and he was like, nah, it's going to be more like Survivor Series or sooner than that. He goes, they want me to wait longer. He goes, but it's certainly not going to be that long. So I don't think he's a person who's capable of sitting and doing that. And he was doing a cell phone video. I don't know if you noticed. Um, no, you didn't watch Ric Flair's last match. Cody Rhodes videoed in from the beach, a cell phone video, and he's holding it with this, the right arm that was the pectoral was toned on the video. So I think he's good, and he was chilling on the beach. I don't think it's too much longer before he comes back or maybe another month or two, some rehab, whatever, but I think he's far farther along than what people think he is. So um, I wouldn't imagine that he'll be back. And I don't know, man. I'd, I'd, keep, I'd keep the belts on Roman until fucking WrestleMania, have him lose them both, same night. Not the same night, but different nights. One night, night one, lose one, or or... or beat the rock if they're going to be able to do that shit and pull that off with vincent man gone they might be able to pull that off you know or maybe not maybe the rock don't want to deal with hunter and stephanie i don't know uh i th see that's the thing with triple h being in charge like there's a huge like i didn't expect this for myself so now like you know you know how i am yeah. like i'm thinking fucking already till like next SummerSlam right now how storyline's gonna go and so now Triple H and he brings in Karrion Cross and whatnot and it's like Killer Cross whatever the fuck you want to call him 
It's like he's he's a fucking wild card. Triple H is so now I don't know creatively what they're gonna do. It was almost it's almost like, like you could see the path before that. It would the, the only smart thing to do would have to Roman lose. Yeah, they just to Cody they and just, then they have just sh- they just shook up your whole game because you already had Vince's mind. Yeah, and now I, Triple H is over like here, so you're sitting here going, wait. What? Because the rock star already said he's going to lose. I mean, he hasn't it's like, said. It's like how we were taught how to do math, and now you got this common core shit that the kids are taught. <laughs> we're sitting yeah. here going, why do you have to do all these extra steps to get to here? <laughs> I, I'm not sure where, but I read an interview where the rock said that if he came back, that he would probably most certainly want to lose to Roman Reigns because there's no reason for him to beat him. It wouldn't help his career out, and it wouldn't help Roman's career out for him to lose. Or you know, So he said if he came back, he would probably let him win. So he's not going to lose a title to The Rock. That could be night one. He beats The Rock. Night two, Cody Rhodes beats him. Then fucking Austin Theory comes out, fucking cashes in, fucking hits Roman. Fucking Well, Cody thinks he's going to cash in on him, right, because he's just so beat up from it or whatever. Instead, Austin Theory does a babyface turn, fucking smokes Roman with the box, beats him, wins the other title. Now you can take the titles and put them back on different shows. Austin Theory can go be on SmackDown. Cody can be on Raw or whatever, however they want or to do vice it. versa. And Roman cannot be the champion. And then for the next month or two months, whatever, maybe he tries to get both those belts back and don't. Or he only goes after one. But or, probably probably the SmackDown one since that's or, his show. Or Roman just takes off and yeah. doesn't come back until SummerSlam. And then you could even have the Bloodline lose the tag team title, or the Usos, I'm sorry, lose the tag titles on one of those nights of SmackDown. And then that whole, because of the Bloodline story, I mean... Without Roman, it don't work. Well, groups in WWE fall apart all the time anyway, and I feel like they're either going to turn on Roman so he can go babyface, or Roman's going to turn on them and still so he can still be the ultimate heel. One way or the other, you know, it's going to break and, and bust apart, and I feel like that would be the, in my mind, that's how it was going to go. But now, I fucking don't know, man. I really don't. With Triple H and these guys, he could be signing and bringing in. I mean, he could just be bringing in a shitload of talent to get us to WrestleMania so we're not bored. By seeing Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for the thirtieth time. No, we're not ever supposed to see that match again. Last Man Standing was supposed to be the last match. Yeah, I've heard that shit before. I heard Undertaker was going to retire a long time before he retired as well. So, um, so uh, Bobby Lashley has told Fightful that a bare knuckle boxing company rep has approached him about fighting Mike Tyson, and he wants to do it. And negotiations are in early stage, and he is very interested. I think Mike Tyson knocked him out. But Mike Tyson just said like a couple months ago he's only got like six months to live or something like that. Well, Bobby's got them little baby ears, so, I mean, he'll be all right. But also Mike Tyson said he broke his back one time and that it was spinal in a match, a boxing match, which I'm pretty sure he most certainly did not break his back. I think he just meant like I worked real hard. But if you ever watched the interview, the interviewer asked him how he did or some shit. He's like, I broke my back. He's like, you broke your back. Where at? And he's like, it was spinal. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, basically. That's what he was like. All right, then. Well, it's a good match. All right. <laughs> Congratulations. Okay. Fucking crazy shit, man. Um, so let's see. Um, some of the big changes that have happened recently within WWE have been uh, loose restrictions around wrestlers' promos, which we talked about earlier. Got that. Um, this is going to include uh, matches, as they were also told that Drew McIntyre and Sheamus was. Um, called in the ring instead of being pre-planned. So that's the first, that that match that night was actually not pre-planned. So maybe they are going to start letting certain wrestlers. Sheamus and uh, Drew McIntyre, I would trust, called in the ring because they've been around since. They've been wrestling each other for 20 years. Well, and they've been in part of WWE since like 2000 and what, 10 maybe? 2006? 
something like that. So, and then, they, and then they wrestled each other on the indies for like ten years before so that. Those guys are probably have the a good ability of calling it in the ring. I wouldn't let Liv Morgan and Dana Brooke called in the ring. Oh man, that match would be awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> you never know if they called it in the ring. It might be in the knockdown dragout shit we want to see instead of someone trying to be like, hey, you got to remember all these spots. It it might. It, you know what? Fucking. Uh, what's her name with the red hair that's so shit terrible in the ring? And everybody's like, oh, man, just get her out of here. You uh, uh, Marie. Yeah. Maybe she ain't that bad. Maybe it's the fact that she just don't got a real good memory. And you know what I mean? Some people don't got a real good memory about the type of shit. And maybe she could just not, couldn't remember the spots. It's not It's not like Randy and Ricky where they, could re- they remembered all 300 things they were going to do in the match at WrestleMania 3. I watched a training video of her and Brian Kendrick wrestling in a ring. And they were going, dude, and it was a fucking good match. And I was like, holy shit, like, she looks like a wrestler. And then she came back to Monday Night Raw, and I was like, you, that's you, you the could person tell, that you, was? You could tell that from watching Monday Night Raw this week with uh, Bianca taking on EO. Because you could tell EO sitting here going, uh, what, 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 okay, I got to remember what I got to do next. Um, so, you did notice that, right? Yeah. Like, um, like EO Shirai was going a lot slower. Yeah. Than what she was used to. Yep. And also, uh, she, uh, uh, old girl's got to decide whether she wants to wear shorts or pants because she had like one pant leg that was long and one that was was short. She was just, uh, rocking her inner Ruby Soho. I guess. I don't know. I don't like that. They got to decide. It's like someone messed up some, a pair of pants in home ec and decided to wear them because they thought they'd get a good grade anyway. I want to know how you can run that well in high heels. I don't know, man. She was cutting, wasn't she? Yeah. Goddamn. I was like, any minute, you're going to see her just go, oh, fucking skate right across the floor. But Bianca was cutting it all the way up there and then to the back. I guess she's had to run in high heels a time or two in her life, hasn't she? Yeah. Goddamn. And she's real good at taking off earrings, too. Um, somebody, maybe it was the E-Channel. Somebody here recently did, because her and Montez Ford are, are engaged or whatever. Yeah, they're already I, mar- they're married. Are they married? I yeah. can't remember what channel it was, but I I, I don't. I, it was something. They did a like a walkthrough of their house and all that. They have the crazy, craziest big like huge fucking house. And uh, this motherfucking Montez Ford bought her a goddamn boat for her birthday. That's crazy shit. Can you buy me a boat for my birthday? No, I don't think so. Damn it. I mean, maybe a boat with a hole in it or a canoe. I mean, they this sell, motherfucker bought her a big sell, ass boat. They sell kayaks next door at the farm and home store. And I was like, son of a bitch. I wish I could have me a WWE contract like that so I could buy a big old fucking boat like that. <laughs> motherfucker. It's just like on a whim. I, he's like, he's like, I told her I was going to buy her a boat a long time ago. He's like, so shit. He's like, it was her birthday. It's like, I had the money. I just went and did it and brought it back to her. And it's like, I don't even know if she knows how to drive a boat. Here's a boat. That's for you. I'm sure she'll figure it out. Just don't hit anything. Yeah, she uh, she's a good wrestler, man. She grew on me a long time ago in NXT, and and uh, I don't know, I she, still like her, and she's still going strong. And now her she, her and she, Becky are friends now, so she can wrestle. I still don't like her. <laughs> no, I think it works, man. I think she looks like a she looks like a an athlete. You know, she don't look like a a priss. She looks like a, other than the big ass hair and whatnot, but she looks like a, a wrestler to me. She had to skip a long, long way down to the ring at SummerSlam. Um. Fightful, yeah, she did. Fightful is saying that um, there is a high morale and a lot of optimism right now in the back room of WWE. Yeah. So, you know. You don't have to, nobody's walking on eggshells anymore. At the media scrum, whatever, they're calling it that shit now all the time. Triple H said that he, what was it he said? He said, I'm here and I'm listening and I'm taking ideas. So, I mean, it's cool that he's actually listening to what the talent has to say as far as how they 
want their character to grow or the way they think it would work better than what Vince McMahon, who don't probably pay attention on a week-to-week basis, thinks or whatever, you know? So, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Um, AEW trademarked a filing for all elite women. Um, so there's speculation that there may be a new show for all women on the roster. Rampage already sucks most of the time, so we're going to do another hour of TV? I mean, it could be on YouTube. It might not be on actual TV. Okay. I was going to say Rampage has turned into freaking Sunday Night Heat for the most part. So Fightful is reporting that no one from AEW or in anyone in wrestling at all have reached out or to have admitting to hearing since the day one or since the June 1st Dynamite promo of uh, MJF. No one's heard from him. Not anyone. Not any wrestling company. Not Tony Khan. Not, and nobody from AEW has tried to reach out and talk to him. I think that something's going on. Like I said, that they, they talked about him and Tony Khan having a yelling match. I think that a, an idea was sprung out of that mat, that that meeting. And as he walked out, he started to turn the character on as he walked out. I mean, he was like, open the door, like, yeah, fuck you. Da, da, da. I'm like, you know, ah, I'm getting them right now. And ah, fuck you. I'm quitting your company and walked out. And you know how MJF is. He's uh tries to be a real life storyteller or whatever. So. I would imagine it's some kind of shit like that. It's probably, uh, they're all going to get us. You know what I mean? Everybody thinks he's going to go to WWE or wherever, and he's going to show back up in AEW, and it's just going to be like, oh, my God, MJF, and everyone's going to get, they're trying for ratings. You know what I mean? And it'll be a huge pop when he comes back. He'll be a good guy, even when he's a bad guy. He'll be Steve Austin. He'll do fucking heel shit, and everybody will cheer for him because... He's fucking MJF, and he did what he's done. He came out and said all that shit and walked out. It'll ha- it'll take him, like... So he's an anti-hero? Yeah. It'll take him pulling the Gene Snitsky and, like, kicking a baby into the third row to get people to, to boo him real bad. He'll have to do, like... Like, he would have to pull the Ric Flair teaming up with Hulk Hogan to help him beat fucking two of the sickest heels in the world and then turning on fucking Hogan and fucking... Or, I guess, he did that shit with Dusty Rhodes, right? In the cage? And then fucking they broke Dusty Rhodes's was it his arm or his leg his leg right, in the cage and people were sprawling try, crawling up the cage trying to get in to beat him and they were trying to like beat people off the top of the cage or whatever and they were in the fucking ring for like two hours after the show went off the air. I think it's gonna be some shit like that where MJF's gonna have you right in the palm of his hand and fucking. But who what wrestler is it gonna be? He does that shit with though you know? Will it be CM Punk? Will it be? Nah, it won't be Brian Daniels, Danielson, but, you know, who's it going to be? Who's the... It's going to be Dictator John again. I don't know, man. It, it ain't going to be Wardlow, but, you know, who could it be that he could, you know... It's going to be somebody, and then when he does it, everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe this motherfucker just did this. Maybe John Moxley or Kenny Omega, who knows, you know? Who knows what happens when he comes back, you know, so... Uh, let's see... So Fightful did hear that MJF was filming something with Impractical Jokers in New Jersey last week. But other than that, he hasn't been heard from or seen or anything. And the one dude, uh, I can't think of what, which one. Is it Brian? I think Brian from the Impractical Jokers is a huge wrestling fan. Um, and is friends with a bunch of the dudes from that area. So they're, I didn't realize that those guys are friends with like Kevin Smith. And like the roots between all those guys go super deep. It's very fucking strange. They're like, Doesn't Brian... Brian's Q, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep, he's the one that connects kind of all those guys, I think, which is weird because he's friends with professional wrestlers like Mick Foley and shit like that, and he hangs out with Kevin Smith. It's New Jersey, man. It's weird. It's very weird. It's the Jersey films. I guess. 
Uh, Hall, the Hall of Fame uh, podcast Booker T said uh, he turned down an offer for the Harlem Heat to have their last match at StarCast next year. So maybe they're hoping for WWE still. So or does, maybe he's just like I'm not teaming with my brother because does, does Starcast always follow SummerSlam? Like, does it follow SummerSlam around? I guess because, um, it, it, on on the Keeping It One Hundred podcast, uh, Co- uh, Conan fucking uh, P- Conrad was on there, and he talked about how when they did the first Starcast, he said, you know, it was SummerSlam weekend or whatever, and all those people were right in that area, and he said it was just. You know, it was just smart to book that. He's like, I think he took basically like when they did the New Japan show right around WrestleMania time, and they they sold out and did all that. Was it? Yeah, Madison Square Garden. I think he kind of took that template and was like, well, since they're going to be in the area, whatever venue is open, I'm going to book Starcast for, and you get all these legends there. And how are people not going to take the time to come and be a part of it? Yeah. Um. So I, I could tell you a lot of the people that I saw at Starcast were at SummerSlam. So and vice versa. Yeah. So um, this year for StarCast, um, WWE booked, what do you say? I believe he said they booked Atlanta or Nashville on Saturday, Atlanta on Friday. He said, and then usually on Sunday they do a live show, and then Monday they do another show there in Nashville, and then they move on. Instead, this time they had the show on Friday in Atlanta, and then Nashville on Saturday, and then they didn't book Nashville at all on Sunday. And then they were gone to someplace else on Monday at all. They weren't staying in Nashville at all. Yeah, Monday they were North Carolina, um, South Carolina. So he was like, it was a no-brainer. How do you not pick Sunday night to have Flair, this weekend to have StarCast and have Flair's match on Sunday night? He's like, it was just, it's a whole weekend. And he said, you know, people are going to see it. And they did. I got, I got to talk about it real quick because you mentioned Conrad. When we were, we went to StarCast on Saturday when we were down in Nashville. So yeah, we went to, we went to the New Japan show that they did. And we got to the uh, information desk, and we're like, okay, we have New Japan tickets. Uh, where are we supposed to go? Because we didn't have the bracelet, and the bracelet got you into certain, like if you... Got into certain events or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the bracelet got you into the meet and greets and the actual floor and all that crap. And I'm like, I just have the New Japan tickets, so where do I go? And they're like, oh, well, you just go across the pavilion here. And around the parking lot, there's a door, and that entrance leads you into the New Japan Arena. I said, okay, thank you. And I turn around <laughs> and run smack dab right into Conrad. Like, I literally collided with him. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Oh, fuck, you're Conrad. <laughs> I, shit, I don't know. Like, you got to get a picture of me, dog, since you're standing right here. Uh, he had a bunch of other, like, business people and should ask him for insurance. Rips and shit, or reps and shit with him. And I'm like, my bad. And he's like, you're good. And then he just kept walking. <laughs> and fucked up. He'd been like, stay the fuck out of my way. Would have been a story. <laughs> I'd been like, oh my God, Conrad's a dick in real life. He seems so nice on his podcast. Which, speaking of the New Japan shit, like, then when we get over to get in, the people that are scanning tickets, okay, they, they sold maybe like 250 or 300 tickets to this show. It was a limited audience. Because at the same time, they were running uh, the last show thing with Bret Hart. They had like fucking 12 meet and greets going on. They had uh, Ric Flair with the Four Horsemen at that time and all that shit was going on. So we get scanned in and we had tickets uh, third row ringside. Like first row cost so much, second row cost so much, third row cost so much, and then the rest of the show was general admission. And you seated yourself in the first three rows. Like you didn't have actual assigned seats. It's just 
if you were in the third row, you picked a seat in the third row and you sat there. General mission people were just sitting in the first three rows, the entire fucking place. So there's people in the fir- with first row tickets going, I don't have a seat. So we're standing in the back and the ushers are, and volunteers and all of them are finally like, okay, well, you guys have like third row tickets. There ain't no fucking seats. So just wait right here. We're going to get security. We're going to start getting these people out of the fucking seats that you guys paid for. And, uh, we're standing watching the first match and actually taps me on the shoulder. And I'm like, what? She goes, look like two feet from us. is fucking Ric Flair. They're bringing him through the arena to go to his meet and greet. And I'm oh, like, yeah. holy fucking shit. <laughs> so then the whole arena notices it. So if you watch the very first match of that new Japan show, you hear Woo! like everybody woos. And he goes, Ric Flair Woo! just passed him through. Yeah. That's cool. And you had, I mean, you don't care about them, but they brought, they brought Dan Housen and Swaggle through. Swaggle. I like they brought Lita through. Uh, uh, Tony Schiavone came through. And then... Uh, brought the whole circus. Oh, uh, fuck. Uh, the sideshow, anyway. Nick Gage and Mance uh, Warner. Oh, definitely brought the sideshow to the circus with them, didn't they? Yeah. For sure. Then the bad part is, Ashley went to the bathroom during the first match, and she goes... Like, she's the one that pointed out Dan Housen to me. And I'm like, oh, shit, Swoggle, too. And she's like, who? I'm like, the little short guy. He's like, She's like... Oh, he was waiting in line for the bathroom when I was back there. <laughs> <laughs> Little guy's got pee too. Um, so Dave Meltzer has said that CM Punk was hurting very bad as of two weeks ago, and it seems pretty doubtful he's going to be at all out in September. So, so you're going to have to build somebody to challenge John Moxley then. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure they'll come up with somebody by that time, but it, you know, it's just kind of like I. I I don't know. Uh, can, can we drop the damn interim thing and just call John Moxley the world champion for now? They have been anyway. I noticed the last couple of weeks I've just been calling him the WWE or the WWE, <laughs> JR now, uh, the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. They have they, they haven't said interim for a while, so I I'm assuming until it's all right for CM Punk to come back or whatever, then they'll probably start saying he's the interim. But that, that's probably going to be a storyline in itself, I would imagine. Or is something going to happen this weekend at Quake at the Lake, and we get a rematch between him and Jericho at? All out. I, I mean, was thinking that anyway, and Jericho beats him is what I was thinking because the fucking Jericho Appreciation Society and all that. Man, I don't want to see. And it would get Mad Mikey's nip, nippies hard. I don't, don't want to see goddamn Jericho with the belt again. Well, me neither, but outside of MJF coming back and fucking winning it, which I think would be a mistake for him to beat John Moxley for it, maybe. I don't know. I guess Moxley. Didn't he beat Moxley with the... Or no, Moxley beat him for the first time, right? MJF. And then and he fucking yeah. tried to say because Moxley hit him with the ring or whatever. Uh, Moxley hit him with the uh, paradigm shift, which was banned. That's but, what it was. But the referee wasn't paying attention, so he didn't see so it. So then he tried to say he never lost a match or whatever, technically yeah. or whatever. So I guess he could it, he could fucking show up and that was that was good shit when he was Moxley when, he, when he was doing like the he's doing like the presidential crap and he kept calling him Dictator John. And but if it's Jericho and say Moxley beats Jericho and MJF shows up, that's going to make MJF babyface immediately because everybody doesn't like what Jericho's doing right now and he's he's not going to turn around and turn his group into a bunch of good guy group or whatever for just to wrestle MJF for I one do, fucking match. I do like how it's Anna J.A.S. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so anyway, you know, that's with him being gone for now, I guess it's still kind of up in the air. But... I think they were hoping for him and John Moxley at all out, but maybe I don't know. He they could pull Roman Reigns and just let John Moxley keep the title, I guess. But they're gonna have to keep 
giving them wrestlers to wrestle. That's why they, I think putting Claudio with them was a bad idea, which I guess they can still have them wrestle each other since it's all right for AW for the friends to wrestle each other thing or whatever. But well, yeah, that's just how you learn more. I, I, I like for rivalries and whatnot. I don't like to see, oh, well, let's just have a good sporting match because we're pals. Like, I like that shit too every once in a while because, like, it would work with a tag team like the Young Bucks if they wanted to wrestle each other or fucking FTR, see who's the better wrestler. But Here's one thing too. Why has Darby Allen still never got a shot at the title yet? That's a good question. Like Darby's one of their pillars, main guys. I mean, he's in that thing with Brody King right now. I, but. I think he's kind of stuck in a limbo because he has this deal going on with Sting. And I think it's kind of made them a tag team, but not really. But every time Darby comes out, they always try to make it like, and it's Sting. Like he's kind of become a part of not Sting's show, but Sting's kind of, I don't know, they become kind of a gimmick together, I feel like. And not that he's gotten forgotten, but they haven't used him as much. I mean, maybe he's injured, maybe, because he uses his whole fucking body. Or or maybe Tony Khan just don't get it, maybe. I don't know, but I don't feel like they use Darby Allen as much as they should for as popular as he is. When he comes well, out, he's fucking... Or right now you have a, a fucking giant fucking man and keith lee and you have him in the tag team division you could have used keith lee yeah yeah they could they still could i mean they could they, him and swerve kind of had their deal anyway where they're getting along not getting along so they could still technically break them up and and do something but they'd have to lose the tag titles and they could to fdr they could lose the tag titles to fdr and that could cause them to break up because you know miscommunication or whatever and they've already had problems so the thing is you kind of also have i mean penta Penta could be a single star. He's been a world champion in Impact. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have a, f- a few other guys you can use, but... Um, and, and then that's that's kind of been their deal is they haven't really made, other than Wardlow, and he's got and then, the TNT title, they haven't, they haven't, they've had, was it they're going in three years now or this year four? This is year three, right? They're in their third year. So they, they haven't really, I mean, they've made a few guys, and, like we were the just T- saying, they've got MJF, they've got... And the TNT title's been around for two years now. What, what they should have done was taken more time to try to build up fucking Jungle Boy. Well, they are, but he's he's in the thing with Christian right now. Yeah, but they, as as popular as he was, like when we went to Chicago to All Out last year, like he was fucking through the roof. Look, not that he isn't still right now, but they should have probably taken more time at. Because remember, he got to the fifty wins, and they made a big deal of it and all that. At that point, they should have taken more of the time to to push him more into a spot where right now he could be the guy that is going up against John Moxley and. Like, John Moxley's a brawler going to beat you up, and uh, Jungle Boy's a fucking wrestler. Babyface, white meat, gets his shit knocked out of him. People want to see him win. He might lose, but if he does win, it's fucking inspirational because look at him. Instead, you know what I mean? They're bad dinosaur, but he's my best friend, so now he's a good dinosaur. <laughs> and Christian is a pussy. I like the shirt. I like what they got him doing. I'm glad that he's finding a voice, or at least they're letting him talk. But it's like, man... If they would have built him up right for the last two years, right now Jungle Boy could be the fucking guy, and that's something that they haven't done. I mean, like they've got Wardlow and they've got him, and yeah, they got Orange Cassidy and they've got um, um, Darby Allen, and and like outside of Britt you Baker, could, you could bring Miro into the situation. Yeah, they did some weird shit with him too, where you like just walked out and stared at some motherfuckers. He ain't been back since, right? Oh House yeah, the Black. whole Malachi Black thing. And yeah. that's the thing too, where they're messing with that. That group could be cool. They're messing with Andrade. But they don't show like him, Roosh, but every Roosh, three Roosh, weeks. Roosh showed up and got a title shot. Yeah. yeah and Andrade's weird. been here for a year, and he hasn't gotten shit. Yeah. 
Um, and Andrade, uh, he looked way different at the Ric Flair match than I've ever seen him, even in WWE. I've never seen him wrestle like that in NXT. I've never seen him wrestle like that on SmackDown or Raw, and I haven't seen him wrestle like that in AEW. But you know Ric Flair and Andrade wrestled another match this In AAA? Yeah. Oh, this week? Yeah. Oh, I didn't they, know. They wrestled like a match in Puerto Rico. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought yeah. uh, the last time they wrestled together was in that tag team match that where they both put the figure fours on or whatever, and Ric no, Flair I'm had pre- like I'm, a... I'm pretty sure they already wrestled another match after Ric Flair's last match. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that. Well, maybe he was less drunk, and it was a little bit more of a, more of a show, maybe. Could, I, it could have been. I don't. I really don't know. I, what, what else we got this week? Um, let's see. There's there was no concrete plans for Bailey. Um, coming into SummerSlam, so a long time ago, she pitched the control group, basically, if that's what they're going to call them, to Vince McMahon, and he shot it down to me, and he was like, no, we're not doing that, and it was for the exact people that she has with her now. Yeah, in Dakota? Yeah, he was like, nah, we ain't doing that shit. So that's kind of where she, when she came back, that's the group she wanted to do, and he was like, no. So that's kind of where she's been shelved. So I guess Triple H, when he came in, was like, what do you want to do? And she was like, let's do this, and he was like, well, let me give Dakota Kai a call, I guess, because they had released her, and Io Shirai, because she didn't renew her contract, and now they're both resigned. I, I guess I don't know. How, are they resigned? 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 Or are they just? I'm pretty sure they're not going to let you show up on WWE television at a premium live event if you weren't under contract. I guess maybe that's why I was wondering with Karrion Cross. Like, I wonder. I want to know how long their contracts that they signed her for, or if they're just small term deals, or if they got long term deals, or you know what what the deal is. So. Um, let's see. Oh. Uh, we already talked about the tryouts that were a disaster. Uh, there were several concussions. But you saw uh, Dwight, you saw Dwight Howard tried out, right? Yeah. He, uh, he did a, uh, a last dragon impersonation. That was his promo. He did a show enough impersonation from the last dragon and people are going nuts about it. Like it's for like, it's, Oh my God, it's revolutionary. It's not watch the last dragon. And it's, it's he, all he did was show enough. I mean, it was funny. Don't get me wrong, but like when people were like on like comment, not like, oh, no one's ever done anything like that and this and that. And I was like, you motherfuckers ain't never watched a movie in your life, have you? Like I was expecting him. Like when I read it, I was like, oh my god, like I gotta check it out because sometimes them dudes will transition over real good. And then he was just walking back and forth talking about how he was the master and he's showing up and fucking. I was like, what the? F-? Okay, all right. This was like no. You guys thought had me for a second, but um, but anyway, so no independent wrestlers were allowed to try out. It was all sports people. There was not one independent wrestler in the whole entire tryout, so that's probably why they had shitloads of injuries. Probably these guys never wrestled before, never touched a ring at all in their life. A lot of them were models and fucking like I said, uh, like like runners, uh, former basketball players. So the no. Man- what were they, Mansoir, <laughs> Masse? No wrestlers at all. Not even like. Like wrestlers, like like dicks, Matt wrestling, wrestling, like none of them. Just, I and that that shit blows my mind. Like I get it, their cardio is probably out of control. When they fall on their head, are they going to be all right? No, no. Um, Tony Khan and Blake Christensen reached an agreement uh, that links him to Ring of Honor, but we don't know if it's a full time deal or not. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I'm, uh, I'm he not. he put on a fucking killer match at New Japan against uh, the Time Bomb. So that's the same. I'm pretty sure that's the same person we're talking about. Um, the time bomb. Um, you already said that. Did you talk? You talked about the. Did you talk about the gate for Ric Flair's last match on here? Were you gonna do that? I haven't. I talk, I mean, I told you about it, but you you can bring it up. 
Uh, well, it said um, this says here that his is it drew more than six thousand eight hundred fans with a gate of four hundred forty eight thousand five hundred and two dollars. Yep. So and that's then, not bad. That's almost five hundred grand outside of them having to pay and vendors then, and whatnot. I'm sure. And then it sold over twenty four thousand buys on Fight TV. It says it's the it make according to the to one the one it makes it the second largest North American independent show ever behind All In, like you said earlier. Yep. Which is kind of crazy that. Which they had it in one venue or whatever, which, and had to move it to which, a second one. Which so. all, which all ends a fucking Ring of Honor in New Japan, pretty much super show. And then the last one is uh, Vince McMahon is no longer listed on the internal WWE roster, like the Bellas and John Cena and people who show up from time to time. Like he's been completely removed from all aspects of WWE.com, all of it. Like he's not. Well, what he did is unethical. I right? mean, t- according to today's standards, like, yes, one hundred percent. Like the, like the. The F was it would it be the FCC and the SEC yeah. and all them or I'm pretty sure there's gonna be sanctions filed against him. Yeah, and that's what I was I've I you know I've been saying like um like right now, like in the business that he's in, if you get caught doing shit like that, like not necessarily that he'll go to jail, but and he'll he's, be and he's gonna have to pay that sixteen million out of his own pocket uh, back to WWE. Yeah, and say not that he'll go to jail, but there'll be a defamation case, I'm sure. Um we might get to see it like they did Johnny Depp. You know, it might play out on on court TV and shit since they like to do that shit now, which might be who's, real. Who's I'm, bed event shit in? Imagine that. Imagine how that could be an Oscar winning performance as well. I thought that shit was a movie. I thought for sure. That, I, didn't, I didn't watch it. I thought it. for sure that fucking the court channel or whatever the fuck it's called was paying out million dollar contracts, and we watched a movie, a reality based movie that, we're, and they just played us. I really sometimes think that shit. But if I get to see Vince McMahon's shit play out on there, I'll I'll watch every fucking minute of it, man. TVR recorded. <laughs> <laughs> they showed on YouTube, so you can get on on YouTube and watch it or whatever. So right. some of that stuff's interesting. I got a few things for our Outlaw Indie Mud Show. Does WWE dumbing you down? AEW is building you up just to let you down. We'll sink your teeth into something real and come and see the Outlaw Indie Mud Show. Uh, you talked about Ric Flair's gate and the buys. We already talked about that. Uh, NXT is building up their next uh, special. It's, uh, August 16th, Heat Wave. Two matches have been booked so far. Uh, Braun Breaker and JD Madonna for the men's title uh mandy rose and a uh, returning zoe stark didn't she just uh make some kind of comment or something the other day mandy rose some yeah she wants to go back to the main, main roster. roster that's what it was yeah she feels disrespected she ain't gonna she, be able to show her booty cheeks on the main roster like she be doing on nxt well i mean if it if they're back on tv 14 maybe but they haven't changed yet still since tv pg so we'll see because they said i'm not they there is a i'm not maybe it was still real to us Something I seen on Facebook at one of those websites uh, said that um, there's a pay-per-view coming up that's listed as TV 14. It's been the first time that any WWE thing's been listed as TV 14 yeah, and it's in a, a long time. I don't know what, what pay-per-view it is or what event it is, but it's not pretty, I think it's NXT's next special, which is... thing is, that is going to run the same day as All Out. Like, Interesting. Like, uh, like they have it on the books. You have Clash at the Castle Saturday night. And then Sunday night, you have All Out, and then you have NXT's 
pay-per-view premium live event whatever you want to call it is that going to be in england too or is it in america it'll be here or is it where's it going to be at i don't know if they've set a location hmm. see their venues aren't as big as what the normal WWE or like raw smackdown venue is though is it for no. the pay-per-view it's like about i would say probably like the auditorium event or rick flair's was in like okay six or seven thousand maybe okay so uh, I would imagine that AEW will still have a way more sold out arena than that. It just depends on what they have going on going into all out, I guess. Which all out's in the exact same place that we went to last year. If it's the trios titles and all that, um That's the they, only thing they've even talked about for all out. If they set it up correctly and the I mean the right people and if it's just fucking the young bucks and and hangman page against fucking the red uh, dragon. Uh, I'm kinda hoping that fucking Kenny Omega comes back. And don't join the Young Bucks and Hangman Page, and he joins up with Adam Cole and the Red Dragon and keeps the fucking heel thing going. I think that would be way better than him coming back and being a fucking good guy. That he was so awesome as a heel. I felt like I'm not. I wasn't really a fan of his till he became a fucking heel. Coming out and cutting those shit terrible promos with Don Callis had me laughing my goddamn ass off so much some nights. Yeah. Don Callis, I've been hiding in my basement for six weeks waiting to do this. Fucking had me dying, man. <laughs> um, but no. Uh, uh, they they if they do have the trios titles, who do you hope wins them? Who you hope's the first to win them? House of Black. Me too. I do. They need not just because I I don't if like I have to go. If I have to go one B, you'll give me shit about it. But I would say best friends. <laughs> um, that that's probably the like the more plus you're gonna you, you got to get Pack back over here because you can't have a trios fucking tournament without the Death Triangle. Yeah, well that's what I was saying. They got to be in it. You would think. Um, I imagine they'll make some people up to be in it. I would yep. imagine yep. the Gun Club and Billy Gunn will be in it. Um, well, the Gun Club, yeah, it's already a trio. Max Caster and what's his name, and uh, they'll probably find somebody else to be in it. I would imagine, maybe not. I don't know. Um, Sting and Darby might find a third person to be in it with, just to get some extra teams or whatever. Um, but I, I do the fact the factory will be part of it. I do think that they should let House of Black win it myself because not. They haven't done jack shit with them since they've made the group. Like other than old girl joining them, the cheerleader chick. Like you could you could uh, bring. They don't look strong most of the time. They win sometimes, or they spit the black shit in the wrong person's eyes, but then still win or, or whatever. And then they beat everybody up and leave. And like, not that it'll make them a better group, but I feel like giving them some belts will at least make it look like they belong there. I, I, I you, you could bring in uh, Dragon Lee or Laredo Kid and. Uh... Have LaFacion and Garbanables with Andrade and Rouge. If not, then Death Triangle, if they don't give it to House of Black. Because, I don't know, both of those groups, I feel like just they need to do something with or, or just break them up. Here's the, this is one of the things that's annoying the fuck out of me, which I know they talked about that this title is not going to be defended over here very often, but that damn All-Atlantic Championship. Yeah. No. You crowned it over here, and we haven't even actually physically seen it on American television other than watching recaps of fucking pack wrestling against people that you have no clue who the fuck they are yeah, yeah like well, i'm even going who are these people and say AEW doesn't do a good job of telling you who guys are that you know aren't a part of the company that you're unless you already know them it's like oh that guy's here then the announcers are silent or jr's like well i don't even know who he is yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like oh shit you guys didn't do your homework very well but but no going back uh, mandy rose is going to defend that belt against zoe stark she returned from her acl injury you were the one that pointed it out we were watching yeah i could see it man I yeah when it. she when she did the uh shoot uh, shooting star press or yeah, whatever yeah. 
her knee instantly buckled, and you're like, yeah, she's she's done. <laughs> yeah, anymore, man. I've seen it so many times with wrestlers do that shit, and it always scares me when like some of them will do that thing where they'll do the big backflip off the top rope and then land, and it's always like, man, they do that shit so often, and it's like, you know, your knees are just fucking jamming when you do that, and one of these times you're gonna come down, and that motherfucker's just gonna tear, and almost every wrestler that does it happens at least once too. I think maybe like. I don't. I don't think it ever happened to Eddie Guerrero that I remember, but he did it a few times. And Owen Hart used to come out and would do a fucking backflip off the off the top turnbuckle just before the match started. And I don't remember it ever happening to him. But like, well, yeah, that yeah, that one guy, the Jericho, did the GoFundMe for that did the moonsault off the top rope before the match started, and both of his fucking knees buckled. Yeah, but he was way too big to be doing shit like that. Yeah, he was like probably four hundred and something pounds. Yeah, well, you don't need to be doing weird fucking moves like that. And this shit was way, way, way into Mudcho, way into Mudcho. I think he was dressed like a fucking hamburger man or something like that, wasn't he? He looked like a fucking like a like he worked at a gas station or something. It was some kind of weird outfit that he was wearing. Right, uh, New Japan G1 Climax is still going on. Uh, Jay White, David Finley, um, fucking Okada. And Tanahashi are right now leading the four blocks. So they break it down into the A block, B block, C block, D block. and Like prison to me. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you only wrestle the people of the block you're in. And then whoever has the most victories moves on. Then it becomes semifinals, finals. It's E block, F block, G block. Nah, H it's, block. Only, it's only got the four blocks. Okay. Dave, David Finley's the uh, surprising one. He's actually leading one of them right now. Hmm. Like Tanahashi, Okada, Jay White. That's kind of same guys that are always at the top. I've seen that's another guy. They brought in David Finley to AEW and he had what, maybe one, two matches? Ain't been seen since, unless he's on dark or some shit. And I don't, you know, I don't really watch that stuff. So I guess, suppose the dark order, they could throw them in the trios match. There's three of them. Uh, Which, uh, you know. It's, Will, it's, Will sad o- the way, it's sad the way that all went. Will Ospreay finally did finally get physical property of the United States title for there you go. IWGP. Um, they they could do something like that too, or not necessarily Will Ospreay, but they could. The way AEW does things, they could bring in you know somebody uh, ROH team. I may, maybe they were thinking about using Brian Cage and Tully Blanchard and then until you know. And now Tully's gone. Tully's Tully Blanchard Enterprises is just it's over. Everyone's gone except for Brian Cage, man. Maybe it's him. I think he's bad luck. Team Taz did. Everything he ever comes a part of, it dies. Maybe even, Brian Cage will just be put with Stokely Hathaway, too. Even Chris Canyon. like. <laughs> That's pretty much all I have for uh, Indie Mud Show, so Outlaw Mud Show, whatever you want to call it. Wouldn't it be cool if, like, Triple H... Made, it's way far off from Indie Mud Show, but if, like, Triple H, I was just thinking, like, made the 24-7 title, like, a legit title... Instead of it being a joke title, and like Sam, it hasn't even been on TV in months. What, like, and then they let Sami Zayn have it, and then he's like, you know, because he's a part of the bloodline. Wouldn't that be just the coolest shit ever if he's coming out? Or we're like, yo, I'm just the same as you guys. Like, I mean, but, they told him last night that two belts, two belts, two belts. What about you, Sammy? Come on now. What wouldn't that be fucking great if he won the 24 7 title and it was like, yo, I'm on the same level as you guys? I got the toy. And they're like, nah, dog, not really. But it would be cool if Triple H actually showed that title some shine and like they made it like a TV title, like 24 7. It gets defended every fucking Thursday or every Monday, not 
the hijinks title. You know what I mean? I don't even know who technically is the 24-7 champion right now. Last I knew it was uh, the uh, R-Truth, right? Didn't he win it back again and fucking run off into... I don't think so. Oh, because Dana Brooke had it, and I thought he beat her back for it, but then Tazawa had it, and then Tazawa got married to Tamina because he licked the ring and put it on her finger. Yeah. (laughs) See, that was all Vince McMahon TV. So it, it's hard to say what could happen from this point. That's why I said Triple H being in charge now has got me. It's going to take me like, that's why I had to start watching Raw again. It's going to take me at least three weeks to figure out what's going to go on for the next six months. Maybe maybe a month. I don't know. I got to get to the next pay-per-view. Once I get to the next pay-per-view, I think I'll be able to figure it all out. But uh, Triple H is that wild card, man. All right. We'll uh, take our quick little break and we'll be back right after this with the main event. I, I don't know, man. Like The only thing I... I really don't like about it is like you know clicking the link, and and coming to where our show's at, and we can't even like it's not where I listen to any of my podcasts at. So I don't know. I'm kind of over it by now. You mean going on Facebook and finding our uh, page every week? Yeah, yeah. It just pops up the little window or whatever, and you got to listen to it from there. Well, the actually, all messed up. Actually, thanks to our host Anchor FM, uh, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker. Castbox, Pocket Cast, Good Pods, Radio Public. We'll soon be on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and of course you can find us on Spotify. You want the best of what wrestling has to offer this week? Then you've come to the right spot. Are you ready? It's the main event. said holy mackerel on the tv i'm pretty sure not gonna restart that because you said it said sorry holy mackerel i couldn't on help, TV. I couldn't help yeah, myself it's fine it's good hey we're back i'm just gonna keep that in there what happens on the podcast stays I on the podcast myself, right? you're gonna get a mackerel on the fucking on the podcast because they had it up here on the uh on the old tv uh well we might as well just talk about the main thing that happened well i mean do you, do you count SummerSlam was the main thing that happened over the weekend, or do you count Ric Flair's last match? Well, had Ric Flair not been so shit terrible wasted, I would say his last match was the biggest thing of the weekend. But after watching SummerSlam, I think it was bigger. I mean, obviously it was. It sold more. Duh. But, I mean, overall, I mean, what happened in the main event, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it kind of eclipsed. To me, it eclipsed Ric Flair's last match. Not that Ric Flair's last match wasn't good. It was nostalgia. Whole card was fun and everything. But if we're talking pretty, seriousness, was, like it was... It was pretty much, a, was pretty much an impact pay-per-view, wasn't it? Ric Flair's kind of, except it, the announcing was way worse. Um, but SummerSlam, though, was... Uh, um, it was just more exciting than it has been for the last few months. I felt like um, the, the wrestling was a little more intense. Um and the main event was really good uh, for the the last time possibly that we see Brock and Roman maybe how, how pissed maybe would you not. how pissed have you would have been if you spent 3 to what we'll say 300 to 1000 dollars to sit in the very front row of SummerSlam and you didn't get to watch the finish because you were staring at a fucking <laughs> ring the bottom side <laughs> of the ring i was just trying to get as many details as i could out from underneath the ring i told and, Dick, and all those people couldn't see the fucking screens i told dick because it was above them i told dick i said if vince mcmahon was still in charge right now i guarantee swoggle would have come running out from underneath the ring and took off 
<laughs> or, or someone would have been underneath that ring and took off. There would have been some kind of ridiculous shit happened when Brock lifted that ring up. I guarantee fucking Ron the Truth would have came out from under there and been like, what's up? Or some shit like that and took <laughs> off, you know. Or there would have been some kind of hijinks if Vince was in charge when he lifted that ring up, I feel like. But um, now I wonder if they had to come up with that day of for Brock. Because, you know, when he heard Vince was retiring, he was like, fucking him out. Or if they had already pre-planned all that stuff for him to do ahead of time. That's kind of what I wondered. be a question I'd like to ask somebody someday. They probably wouldn't answer it truthfully, but we had to come up with it just so he wouldn't leave. Okay, you can drive the tractor. <laughs> Done. <laughs> all right, I'll be back. Yeah. But thing is, he... But I'm getting Chick-fil-A first. <laughs> thing is, uh, the stage crew is the ones actually, they drove the tractor in and never everything, and then parked it in that corner and had it set up for him so all he had to do was drive it straight well i mean he probably knew how to drive it anyway but. well yeah but i'm just saying but uh there's only only two matches for me that were kind of forgettable and that was uh, the judgment day that one and um the women's championship match man i almost forgot that like it was going on and then it ended and i was like oh shit it's, yeah women's championship match I, you talking about the raw one or the smackdown the smackdown one i just i don't know because i'm pretty sure Becky and Bianca set the tone for the whole night. Yeah, it was a very good match. And to know that Becky fucking separated her shoulder, I don't know at what, what point she separated it, but they made it seem like she wrestled what? a good portion of the match with it separated. Uh, Bianca picked her up to do the jaded uh, or whatever. And you can see Becky twist and she comes right down on the shoulder. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I saw it from my seat and I instantly looked at Ashley and I'm like, Becky's hurt. <laughs> we we watched it in the HQ on the little, like, what, maybe 32-inch screen TV. So we were all huddled around it in about 85-degree weather, sweating, trying to watch it. And I was like, dude, why don't we just go to my house? He's like, oh, no, I want to stay out here so I can be able to smoke my cigarettes. <laughs> it's like, all right, I guess we're going to suffer. But, um, but I, no, I was, I, I was outside watching it live in the 85 degrees, sweating yeah. my balls off. <laughs> you, you had stinky motherfuckers around you, so I don't know who had it worse. I had cigarettes. You just had stinky motherfuckers. I, I had the two guys behind me that were my commentary team. Then I, then I had a family right in front of me. And the little kid had a, a yellow sign. And actually, if you, whenever they're showing the sections, if you look to the left, top left, first like section of seats, there's a yellow sign that pops up. I'm like literally right behind that sign like the entire time. Either way, I feel like the fumes coming off that guy and the cigarette, secondhand cigarette smoke will probably die sooner than the actual people that you know smoke and smell. Yeah, so probably. it's bad for us. The, ki the kid sign says Smashville welcomes WWE. And then on the other side, he'd flip it over and it said A-Town is going down. <laughs> and every time they brought up the name Austin Theory, he's like flipping that son of a bitch around. <laughs> it's funny because he was just like not really a bad guy or a good guy in NXT. He was like a comedy actor on NXT. You know, now he's yeah, like part of the way. one of the top heels on Raw. And he also stole, stole Tyler Breeze's fucking uh, take a picture of myself thing. The selfie thing. Which I hope he stops doing that shit. I can't stand that shit. But which I also I also got my karma payback from a uh, road rager. How me and Ashley kept getting up and going and getting drinks, stepping in front of those people the whole time. Had a group of guys that did it to me the whole fucking time. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was it was a good time. But no, Bianca and Becky, I I thought they set the tone for the whole fucking night. And explosive ending to the match. Yeah, you know, and then Becky all of a sudden she became fucking uh, the man again. Yeah, I guess. Well, she well, was the man she... the next night, but that night she all of a sudden just 
she was bad Becky, and then all of a sudden she was fucking good Becky. It was weird because she was been this mega heel, lost, shook her hand immediately. Like it was like, all right, fucking, it's been a whole year. You earned my respect. I beat you fucking three seconds or whatever it was last year at WrestleMania. It's been a whole year. You beat me and fucking just, like it was, I don't know. Usually they do that handshake thing and one motherfucker kind of sits there like, I don't know if I want to shake your hand or not. She got in there immediately, boom, with the handshake. And then did she roll back out of the ring for a second until Bailey came out and then she yeah. got back in the ring again and was like, nah, me and me and Bianca are. Yeah, once Dakota Kai and all them got in the ring and she was outnumbered, yeah, she, Becky came back she in. She jumped back in, that's right. And then the next night she came out and was the man again. Had, so, her, had her arm in a sling. So I don't know where we'll go with you know from here with that thing stuff. Thing is, sep- separated shoulder. I remember... Uh, three months, maybe? Two months? It's three to six. Uh, Keith, when Keith Lee lost the title, uh, NXT, to Karrion Cross with the Doomsday off the, the Avalanche one off the top turnbuckle, that's where he separated his shoulder. And what... Uh, they had Finn Balor. Yeah, he went on like up. he went on like a six month run until Cross came back. Yeah, well, whenever he wrestled uh, Seth Rollins, right, and he power bombed him into the turnbuckle and separated his shoulder, and he won the Universal Title for the first time. Yep. So it's yeah, it's, it's normally about six months. So, so we'll probably was... see Becky at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, to be safe, I guess that's probably when we'll see her. She might win the Women's Rumble that way then. Go to WrestleMania? Maybe. So. Actually, uh, the other women's match, when, like, I figured they would have Ronda beat Liv, and then we would get Charlotte's return. Because, I mean, Charlotte's going to sit at home playing Nintendo right now. She's not actually injured. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. She's been posting all kinds of pictures online of her, way, you know, what she looks like after she's been working out and, and whatnot. I'm, and it's I, like, I thought I, I thought her arm got broke off, right? Yeah, yeah. Where's her cast at? Where's her sling? Kayfabe's not alive anymore. Especially since, you know, Dusty Ronda, Ronda, Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair would put butts in the seats at Clash at the Castle. If Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair had Instagram and shit back then like we do now... Dusty Rhodes would have had a fake, a fake ass cast all on his leg, like fucking in a wheelchair or some kind of shit, hobbling around like his leg was legit broke or something, you know. And nowadays it's just like, oh, she's gonna be off TV for three months or four months because her arm's broken. And then like two weeks later, look at my eight pack, and you know, fucking her arms oh. are just swollen as shit. And it's like, I thought you broke well, your it's, arm. It's like Riddle, how he's injured, and just for storyline. Because, yeah, obviously after he came out on, yeah. you know, he comes out on SummerSlam and, and made a statement or whatever. And my bro Randy, I was kind of expecting Randy or Orton's music to hit, and that place would have fucking erupted. Oh yeah, yeah well, he can't get off the couch; his back hurts. Oh damn it! Get he's, off the couch, Randy. He's laid up, yo. So we, he's damn near paralyzed. Can't walk. I don't want to hear that. He's, back hurts he, too he's bad. my best. He's my best bro, Randy. He's. I'm just saying that if it came down to who's better between him and Diamond Dallas Page. It's got to be DDP. His back held up longer doing diamond cutters than Randy Orton's did. Maybe Randy should call DDP and start doing DDP yoga. That could be it. I mean. Could be the answer. DDP gave fucking Matt Cordona a diamond cutter the other day. Yeah, he did. That's very nice one. That shit was cool, too. If I actually. When we, when we get to that. That was Dick. Because the announcing was so bad at, at Ric Flair's last match. It was almost like you didn't know what when shit was. You really had to watch it. If I would have got. If I would have uh, actually paid for to get onto the floor at fucking uh, 
Starcast. One of the meet and greets that I probably would have done would have been DDP. He was yeah, there. That's cool. He so, said something positive, I bet. That's fine. I would have told him the diamond <laughs> upside down is a pussy. No. <laughs> I wonder how many people say that shit to him. Uh, okay. So we talked about Becky and Bianca. Great match. We had the return of Bailey, which we've talked about multiple times already. So we're going on to Logan Paul and The Miz. Good match, man. Uh, I think Logan Paul might actually be a superstar. Yeah, he uh, he did a really good job. Uh, I mean, he slipped. You got to give him some shit. He brawn breakered it. Yeah, he did do it. He did a little slippage. But, I mean, for being a celebrity who's it, not had a years of training. I, personally being there, it was hot and humid. And I'm pretty sure that... There was fucking the the ring was wet. Well, just with it being outside, yeah, the you're air. Na- you're in Nashville, and they're probably, it's more fucking humid there than it is here. And I don't know if they had fans running down there or not. They might have been trying to keep the ring cool. Uh, they they had misting fans and shit going on like production equipment, that, so it didn't overheat, but they didn't on the ring. Yeah, so it might have just been all the perspiration and shit in the ring and between them and the dew. And I, I don't I don't unless it's the daytime shit. Like I don't care for them outside arena things that they do like that because situations like that or rain at fucking wrestlemania it was actually supposed to rain like for three weeks leading up to that day it was supposed to rain the entire weekend that we were in nashville it rained thursday it rained friday it rained saturday morning cleared up for summerslam and then rained a fucking again sunday yeah that's cool well god wanted to see summerslam yeah so i needed roman reigns to fucking do what he did in the main event be the tribal queef yeah, well, you acknowledge him. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I didn't acknowledge him. Maybe that's what God did that day. He acknowledged Roman Reigns. He's probably Sh- keeping the reins away. Big shaky. The see smelly, I, did big, you see what I did there? Yeah. Big <laughs> big, big shaky, the smelly guy. He he, he acknowledged his tribal he chief. Well, it, he should have reigned for that guy specifically, but he didn't. Yeah, I, I would have went and bought him a bar of soap. It might have made it worse if it would have rained on him, to be honest with you. Like wet dog, you know? I would have went and bought him a bar of soap. <laughs> Here's a couple pieces of pizza. Put them under your armpits. It'll smell better. I only did they have pizza there? Probably not. It's a WWE show. Fuck, they had shitty hot dogs last one we went to. I had chicken tenders and French fries. <laughs> that one show we went to, man, I was looking for something to eat, and I was like, oh, pizza. Nope, pizza shut down. Oh, this. Nope, that's shut down. What you got? We got jumbo hot dogs that were the size of regular hot dogs, and we're like maybe fucking seven dollars a piece, and a coke for ten. I was like, nah, I'm good. I'll just take coke. What I paid like sixty bucks for two fucking chicken tenders and fries, two bottles of water, and a truly fucking <laughs> seltzer. Yeah, I was glad that I ate and drank before I went there that night. It was fifteen bucks a beer down there. Yeah, it was a little ridiculous. Well, no, in Nashville, it was oh. 50, it was fifteen bucks a beer. Wow, I didn't drink. They had a BYOB at its Nashville, right? Yeah, it should have been. Okay, Dick going right through the metal detector. Nobody paying attention at Royal Rumble. We didn't even walk through fucking metal detectors down there. You, you the guy scanned your ticket and you just went in. It's Nashville, man. It's like, well, hopefully I don't get shanked. Well, someone might have been packing it in there. Like I said, it's Nashville. There might have been guns all over that motherfucker. There man. probably was. And then we And then when we were at Royal Rumble, all the merchandise booths had like six shirts. Like every fucking Titans gift shop, they turned into an entire WWE shop. So like you could go in, you could get AJ Styles a shirt, you could get fucking 
ricochet. You could See, get you could get this. That's the bullshit. They should have done that when they had the, they had that whole shop for the Royal Rumble, and all they had in there was fucking Royal Rumble shirts. It's like you they, they had one they had one in. they had one wall that was all different kinds of SummerSlam Nashville, and then the rest of the entire store. Or WWE superstars. See, and I, they don't. They used to do that at all their shows. They'd have kiosks set up where it was just all like every bit of their their stuff, or and like you could buy Dolph Ziggler or the NWO or DX or fucking Eddie Guerrero or fucking whoever Randy Orton, you know. And they would have a certain amount of stock each of those, and they would set up like four different things like at each uh, sections of the arena, so they weren't you know everyone wasn't going to one. And then, like, the last two WWE shows I went to, or even the AEW show we went to, everything was so vanilla and bland. It was like, you can get AEW personal shirts that just say AEW, or we were at that match, or whatever, or I just was, CM Punk there. in Chicago. Like, I get it. They were hyping him up for just him to come back. But, like, Jesus Christ, like, there's other talent that need to make money, too. And the only way that they really make money off of that shit, I'm sure people buy their shirts off the internet. Obviously, you buy a lot of shirts off the internet. But the live events that they do and this, the TV this, shows, the shirts from uh, people legit stand in line for forty five fucking minutes to get a shirt, and you're not gonna put out all the wrestler shirts. I was gonna, I was gonna say this shirts from uh, Starcast. Yeah, but you know what? I, I just I don't that that I don't know what for what reason they stopped putting out all the. Also, it's funny when you went to Starcast, like all shirts. Of course, they had small, medium, large. Then they had extra large, two X, three X, four X, five X, six X. Get to WWE and you can barely find a 2X. It, it feels to me like they do shit. Like, hey, just to let you know, wrestling fans are bigger people. Yeah, well, to me also, it feels like they do that shit to kind of buy the crowd. Well, if we only pump Bloodline shirts, then it'll make it look like Roman Reigns is super popular because only shirts that people can buy are Bloodline shirts, so everybody's going to be wearing that because that's it. all there is. Which Cohen almost got a uh, Acknowledge the Bloodline, the new shirt that has Roman you, on it. You seen the other new one? Acknowledge your daddy. Yeah, so I <laughs> fucking want that shirt, yo. And then uh, we were about to get that for him, and then they had uh, one that has Brock's face on it, and it has Roman's face on it, and it says SummerSlam, Last Man Standing, and then on the back it says I was there in Nashville. And we gave it to it. We gave it to Cohen on Sunday when he, we got home. I finally got him to take it off Wednesday morning. <laughs> yeah, we gotta wash it, bro. It's gonna become a part of your skin. He's like, I don't want no. <laughs> We will give it back, but we have to wash it, man. He's still mad that we got to go. I swear to God, you can wire it for another week after we get back. I would be he, too. He, he he told me this week. He goes, can, "Can we go to Clash at the Castle?" He goes, "It's Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns." I go, "Uh, it's also Cardiff Wales, buddy." He goes, yeah. "It ain't that far." It ain't that far. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm like, on. "Uh, yeah, it is. It's on the other side of the pond." What's Road Dog doing? Let's hop in a boat and go. Road Dog and Billy Gunner come out. They look very right. strange. Back back to Logan Paul and the Miz. <laughs> uh, Maurice looked good. Uh, oh, well, yeah, she always does. Yeah. Um, I don't think her butt could have hung out anymore. She makes Miz look better. That's for sure. And then he was with Champa. I think Logan Paul likes her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Looked like he was having a hard time keeping a straight face and his eyes on her eyes and not on the rest of her. And he, well, I think on. he might have more money than the Miz now too. Y so you realize that when Maurice was still being a wrestler, he was like 13 years old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was in love with her back in the day. So you know, they all had the matching uh, 
colors. Yeah, and all the that. weird yellow and black or whatever, right? It was like neon or was it green? No, it was like uh, yellow. The Miz was green uh, and then his was yellow. Yeah. Which I loved how on his crotch it said, My balls are massive. <laughs> He's got a shirt now that says, I'm the Miz and my balls are massive or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, oh. It's stupid that they use the premise of that. Dude, the, fucking, the fucking frog splash. To the table and shit. That was badass. Me and Dick were both like, holy shit. It was one of them where you look at each other like, what the fuck? Because the air he had on it was tremendous. And this it was a hell of a bump that the Miz kind of like, when he took it, the table kind of fucking broke weird too. So they kind of, he like kind of bounced off him when he did it. was. You, you know, they repaired that table like four times that night. I said they, they definitely were sitting at it again later. So they had to put it back together. They, but, they've put it back. They put it back together at least three but times. Dude, that was a hell Miz, of a shot. Miz went through it. Somebody else went through it, and then Paul Heyman went through it at the end. Yep. Yeah, dude, so, that was a hell of a shot. That's probably the... I think that was probably the highlight of that match, to be honest with you. And then The Miz had the fucking card, and he's like, it's one of a kind, Logan Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one of the matches I was looking forward to for SummerSlam this year, which is sad because it's the celebrity match, but... I was looking forward to Rollins and Riddle, and then they pulled it. I don't know, man. One of my favorite matches at WrestleMania this year was Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville, so... It was good. A lot of people shit on that match or whatever, but, you know, I think it's one of the most exciting matches that they had, to be honest with you. Just to me, it was... Sami Zayn just embraced it, you know? Uh, yeah, the United States Championship match, Lashley and Theory, which Dick talked about that he doesn't even remember watching this match, but I go, you realize that you probably missed it for the fact that this match was Theory attacked Lashley pre-Bell. Yeah. Got a few moves in, then it was like a fucking gorilla press into the hurt lock, and it was like over. Yeah, it was a pretty quick match. Um, but the Miz and Logan Paul went over, so they cut Lashley's match short, and they also cut Ronda and Liz's match short. That would be like Lashley's talking about going and boxing someplace. He's like, they're not going to start cutting my matches. I'm the fuck out of here if they're <laughs> going to do that. And he might be one of them Vince McMahon's gone, I'm gone cats too, though. So who knows? Who knows how many guys that were Vince McMahon guy only? And, you know, it's there might be some. The contract shit coming up and guys just disappear and other guys show back up. The thing is, too, like, you guys got to see the fireworks, like how Lashley crossed yeah, his arms. Oh, and I, was, I thought you were talking about fucking Drew McIntyre's fireworks. Well, any of, the, fireworks. any of the fireworks you guys got to saw or got to see. Yeah. If you were in the stands, you never saw the fire. You just heard, <laughs> they were all above you. Oh, on that yeah. Side. Oh, okay. Because they were shooting it from the drone. Okay. So. so you couldn't even see them when they hit the sky even? You couldn't, not like, really. Like, oh, because the lights and shit inside the arena, huh? Yeah. Wow. There was one chant of turn the lights out. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to see WWE live anymore. Maybe like uh, It well, could be because it was outside. That's how I feel. because, Like I said, the outside stadiums and shit, I don't feel like transition well for wrestling. I like The, the, th the thing is, too, like at. how they had the ramp set up. Like You couldn't see the wrestlers come in. And then you couldn't tell where they were on the ramp. Like, if you put it on the other side of the arena to where everybody was, we were facing that direction. If you would have had them come in the opposite direction, that would have been perfect. Everybody would have got photo opportunities. You could, but then you would have seen an empty arena. Maybe now with Vince McMahon not, you know, in charge, I guess, or whatever, maybe they'll start booking more arenas rather than fucking stadiums. And like like I said, the arenas like when the fireworks go off in there and everything, it just seems bigger inside of a building, I guess, than it does when it's outside. And I don't, I don't know. To me, wrestling and like I said, not only did Logan Paul slip uh, 
when he was trying to do some shit. But later on, Pat McAfee also slipped a couple times too on the ropes. Uh, I, I don't know. I just don't think outside transitions very well with wrestling. And, you know, they talk about how you can't hear the crowd when you're outside and all that. So you don't know if you're doing a good job. Uh, they were totally not. changing crowd noise and all that shit. Yeah. The part with Kane where he announced the thing and everybody's like, it's Kane or whatever. And everybody, you hear the woo. He was fucking booed to hell. Uh, motherfucker got reelected to mayor, though. So. Yeah, I know. Old Mayor Kane. Look but he, he, nobody in that arena was cheering for him. He he got straight up booed. Max, uh, Max Mini. Okay. Uh, Judgment Day versus the Mysterios, the match that shouldn't have been added to SummerSlam. Do you know he was going to be attached to fucking Owen Hart's chest when they did that stunt? He was going to be dressed up like the mini version of Owen Hart's character, the Blue Blazer. And then they was like, nah, we're not going to do that. We're just going to have Owen do it. That dude would have been strapped to his chest when he fell if that shit would have been the case. That little guy in the suit right there. That was Max Mini, that little guy right there in the, Owen, like the weird blue suit. I'd hate to say it, but Owen would probably still be here then. Uh, maybe, or they might both be dead. He would have hit the turnbuckle instead of Owen. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It, it, it would have been a fucked up deal either like way. Like Owen would have got fucked up, but I'm pretty sure the little dude would have died and Owen would... Oh, I guarantee the little guy would have died. Owen would have been here probably. But, who you know, who knows? I don't know. It just It's it's really strange to think, what, you know, if that guy had been attached to his chest... Owen would, Owen would probably have been crippled the rest of his life. They might have had to stop the pay-per-view after that because it would have been a straight-up fatality if that guy had been strapped to his chest whenever he hit that turnbuckle, you know? Could have chopped his head off or some shit. You know how much of the Judgment Day and Mysterio match I remember? Probably not much. It wasn't. No, it no. wasn't memorable. No, I didn't because the production crew was bringing Edge's box out at that point. <laughs> oh, and, and you could see it all. So we're sitting here going, "When's Edge coming?" Yeah. <laughs> like uh, that shit's dumb. I didn't like his entrance music this time around either. And the thing is, the the flames that were shooting up high. Like they had the pilot light already lit when they were bringing the box out, so like getting it pre pre lit for yeah. so they could try try not do what they did with the rock that year. We tried to light yeah. the rock sign on fire and it didn't work. Yeah, it was like it's kind of halfway fi- fucking fiery. And then uh, we had the street profits and the Usos. Good match. All the matches they've been putting on have been pretty good, and they've been keeping do- keeping it up where they do s- stuff a little bit different. So every every time you watch them is not the same because yeah, they're yeah. like the only two tag teams. You had Montez Ford getting it pissed at the J E double F J A yeah. double R Gotta give E a big double T. Shout out to Jeff Jarrett. He had a big weekend, didn't he? Between Starcast and fucking Ric Flair's last match and SummerSlam, son of a bitch, man. And she's the head of uh, the, what is it? Travel? They're yeah, they're live creative live, and live they're creative. basically getting people so he coordinated run, to like, where they need to be, to where they need to go, and how I think so. Kind like of he runs he runs all the house shows pretty much. Yeah, and kind of I think it's I think he figures out how the matches are going to end, how the creative goes on the house shows, and then also the bookings for getting people like this is what show you're going to but, in this town, and this is what show which, you're going to in that town. Which I think I st- I saw the beginning of that uh, the house show that I went to in Springfield. When he was there for the parades and all that in town, because he owns the horseshoes. Yeah. And he was on Miz TV at the house show. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where they started working out the deal to get all that stuff in motion. That's cool. I don't know. It was really cool just having him. And I, mean, I get Nashville. That's kind of why I think the WWE was thinking. Well, yeah, it's Jerry, but Jerry still, Jarrett's There territory. was a lot of people going like, well, fucking Jeff Jarrett? What the fuck? Like, I was hoping he was going to hit somebody with a guitar. Join the bloodline. 
Yeah, I mean, and I wish he would come out with his fucking "Don't piss me off" music, not the fucking. I know, I know you get, I know you get pissed about Moxley wrestling matches that he doesn't need to be wrestling because at the New Japan, he was in a no DQ match. Yeah. Well, he straight up baseball swung a fucking guitar <laughs> right at Desperado and just took him the fuck out. I mean, I did get a guitar shot before the weekend was over with. It just, you know, it was on Jay Lethal instead of one of the Usos. Or a street profit, because that's what I thought was going to happen. It, it was actually great. Moxley took that swung at baseball style, just clocked him straight out of the air as he's doing a tope, or tope suicida, and then he walked around the ring like jamming on the acoustic <laughs> as it's broken. Then he fucking took the top string off and started choking him with it. <laughs> but, I mean, earlier in that match, uh, Moxley took skewers through the fucking head and, of course, had him still yeah. sticking out. He likes that shit, man. I don't... Uh, and then Desperado went through barbed wire. He went through barbed wire. And Jericho did that shit when they did the match or whatever. They were the barbed wire trampoline shit. I don't think and then, that's crazy shit. And then they pulled out a piece of plywood and had the entire thing covered in soda cans that were cut in half. Ugh. And he fucking slammed Desperado on it and then choked him the fuck out. No, dude. See, that's too much for me. And then, like, the microphones were fucking working, to hair, like, fucking horribly. Like, it was a wireless mic. And there was so much shit going on. Like, the reception was horrible. And Moxley, at one point, is like, who the fuck keeps cutting my microphone off? <laughs> but nah, dude. It's just the weapons they have in matches are just so out of control and ridiculous to the point where, like, at one point in time, like, weapons in a match meant something. Or, like, there was a key moment where it was like, ah, oh, this guy built this fucking thing specifically for this match or the announcers. But now it's just like, well, fucking, he's got a fucking box with a bunch of fucking soda cans cut in half. When did he take the time to do this? No, nah, we're not going to talk about all that. We're not going to mention it. It's just, it's been here underneath the ring because we've always got one. Well, it could have been left from the night before, figuring GCW put on a show. Yeah, uh, I, I seen a and picture Mox, of Ric Flair. And Moxley, Moxley defended the GC championship against Blake Christian at that show. I seen a picture of Ric Flair and Nick Gage uh, meeting or whatever, and then it said Ric Flair's last match to a death match next year, StarCast, for him versus Nick Gage. started laughing, and I was like, we don't need that. We really don't need to see Ric Flair with a light tube jammed out of the side of his neck. And a pizza cutter across the forehead. Oh, fuck, he'd do it probably is a sad thing. I let Rick's Abdullah an, take a fork to my head one time. Rick's an entertainer. He's crazy old fuck now. He is the skit where well, he well, was you in the saw, crazy home. You saw he wanted to go off the top turnbuckle and Charlotte's like, hey, no, you crazy fuck, you're too old. <laughs> he, he is the skit from WCW where he lost his shit and they put him in the crazy home. And he's like wooing, walking around with all the crazy people in the line behind him, a conga line and shit. Like, that's who he is now. It really became that, which is crazy to me. That it, I mean, it does, doesn't seem far off, but I love Ric Flair. I know you do. And everything you hear about him is true. He said it himself. <laughs> what, diamonds are forever and so No, Ric after Flair. the match got over, bro, he fucking took the microphone and he said, I don't remember any of it. It ain't as good as my last one was. She's talking about his match with Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, yeah. And he goes, but I hope everybody was entertained. I don't remember none of it. <laughs> and then he said, um, well, he said a couple other things. Should have been like, the pacemaker stopped working. <laughs> That's what I thought happened. Thanked a couple people for being there. And then he goes, I'm, he said, what do he say? He goes, my name's Ric Flair and everything you've heard about me is true. Now I'm going to party downtown all night with fucking Kid Rock. <laughs> and he was 
left. Kid Rock was a SummerSlam making out with that girl. And then he fucking walked off, and they tried to hand him the title belt, and he said, fuck that belt, I'm out. And they kept like chasing him with it, and he just kept walking which away. Which that's Conrad's belt. Bro, he got to the top of the ramp, turned around, they tried to hand him the belt, and like he, like he, the dude thought he was going to like hold it, and Ric Flair didn't even touch it, and it just fell on the ground. And then Ric Flair was just trying to do this and shit. Like, he had, like, it didn't look like he knew where he was at at all. And then finally, like, someone got his attention. He's like, what? And they handed him the belt, and he kind of half-ass picked it up, handed it off to somebody, turned around, and Jay Lethal will stand there. And I don't know if you've ever had anybody in your life that's ever had, like, like Alzheimer's or part, like something like that where they don't remember anything anymore, like dementia. Oh, oh yeah. He had the look on his face. Uh, my grandpa had dementia, and he completely lost his mind. And But every once in a while, it would come back to him, and he would recognize, like, oh, there you are, you know, and put his hands out to you, like, come get me. Uh, Ric Flair did that. He got to the top of the ramp at the end of it, and he looked like he didn't know who anyone was. All these people around him, he looked lost as shit, and he turned around, and Jay Lethal was standing there looking at him, and he put his hands out like, just save me and take me off the stage with you, and Jay Lethal came out and like hugged him, and then like slowly walked him the fucking back, dude. Like, come on, Rick. And then it just went off the air and shit, but yeah, it was it was something, man. Um, it was a spectacle for sure. Uh, Pat McAfee and Happy Corbin. Also a good match. Like I said, probably the same thing you were saying. There was a little bit of condensation, I think, on the ring and the ropes and whatnot. And Pat tried to do, at one time he ran and jumped from the ring to the top rope. And he kind of slipped a little bit when he grabbed a little Corbin yeah, and had to step to, back down and to step off, back up. He's trying to show off his athleticism. Yeah, and I've, I've seen him do it before in like NXT and stuff. But I think probably with the heat, they might have got a little blown out. And then the probably, like you said, the dampness in the air and everything combination of stuff because some of the guys did look like they were pretty tired and were, were huffing it pretty hard out there but what would you say it was like maybe 85 degrees that night 90 uh with no the, it was, the humidity temperature was like 70 something but oh. it, was, it was like 90 percent humidity yeah. so so i'm sure they were out there fucking just blown out after probably six to eight minutes i bet oh. you then when the sun was out it was a little toastier yeah but it was a good it was a good match uh pat had different music than what he had at wrestlemania I'm assuming they weren't going to pay for Seven Nation Army again to be, to be as music. Even, even though the crowd, at the end, were going, uh, 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 uh. Yeah. Well, uh. It was kind of cool when he came out. Whenever they started doing the bum ass Corbin thing, the the choir or whatever before the match. Yeah, Ashley pointed it out to me. She's like, "Check it out. There's people up there." <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty cool. It was a good match overall. Really, I mean. I thought Pat was going to come back out and do a commentary kick, right after that, but he didn't come back, I don't think, for the rest of the night after kick, that. Kicked him straight in the balls and then had to talk about it for about five minutes straight on uh, SmackDown. And then was was it Pat's match where he grabbed the commentary thing and started doing commentary while he was in the match, or was that a different match that night? That was, was the, WrestleMania. That, oh, that was WrestleMania, wasn't it? Yep. Like Corbin got on the mic. For, Get, yeah, getting them mixed up. Yep. Uh you have Liv Morgan and uh, Ronda Rousey, uh, which it shouldn't have Liv, been that as long as it was. Liv tapped. Ronda got pinned at the same time. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It was too long of a match. Which, for... which Liv tried to play it off as she, on SmackDown that she tapped after she got the three count, but she didn't even realize she was pinning Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah. And then everybody started booing her. Yeah, so. uh, she got she pulled a good tap out too. She was like screaming and shit, like it was hurting. And here in like the last 
couple years they haven't really Which she was do she, a mean facial but don't make any noise she, she was in a sling too on smackdown so it's neat that they're playing that like she's actually got but it, the match was too long with ronda rousey's caliber of the of a, a fighter olympic whatever and ufc this and, and that and unfortunately Liv morgan has never really done anything never, in wwe right. and it's like it's like i was saying you put kofi kingston she's, up she, against brock she's Lesnar. officially she's officially held the belt longer than the person that cashed in last year to <laughs> yeah, win the women's title that's true but like it's like you know they when, when kofi kingston was champ they put him up against brock lesnar and their whole deal with kofi losing in three four seconds whatever it was was the fact that well brock lesnar was a ufc champion he still regardless is. of how big he is He's a legit fighter. There's no way Kofi Kingston, a pro wrestler, would ever even stand up to him in a fight and could last that long. So that's why he lost in three seconds. Okay, that's the same thing with Ronda Rousey. Roman should have fucking lost in three seconds then, too. That's the way I feel, too. That was their excuse for Kofi losing because, you know, Brock's a UFC fighter. That's what I love love about listening to fucking Pat McAfee. He's like, if the alien race showed up today and they needed to challenge somebody from the human race, I'm sending Brock Lesnar. (laughs) So, you know, and I feel like it should have been the same effect for, for Liv. I think the match should have been, like, maybe fucking six minutes, five minutes at the most. And it could have ended, I guess, the same way that they had it in, so you could... It was supposed to actually around. go longer. Um, I'm glad it didn't. Um, but, I, I don't know, I feel like Ronda should have put made sure She's the baddest woman on the planet, and she Liv Morgan's giving you problems? Twice. Yeah. I mean, I, don't know. I loved Money in the Bank when she lives music hit or whatever, and it instantly went to Rhonda's face, and you can just see, you can read the mouth of, oh, shit. And Rhonda's <laughs> supposed to be strong and shit, and yeah. I don't I just don't. Her beating up the referee saying. Rhonda doesn't want to be champion. She, want, she wants the fucking Brock and Roman schedule, and she gets to pick and choose when she gets to show up and wrestle. Yeah, well, she's a parent, she's a parent now, and she wants yeah. to be able to do all that shit, too, but I, I don't know, man, I just... Not that Unfor- I don't like Liv Morgan, but you can't put her up against Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey isn't an everyday wrestler anymore. She's an attraction. She can yeah. pick, she can bring her for SummerSlam. And then after that, she shows up the Rumble. She has a WrestleMania moment. She goes away till SummerSlam again. Yeah, it's just the way they've built her. And then the way you've built Liv Morgan up to this point, and then you put them together, and then like you, this shit happens. And it's like, all you do is make Ronda Rousey look bad when you did that. No matter what they did, how the match ended, if her beating up referees and getting suspended, it, I don't know, it just made her look less of a legit fighter. Then that's what they keep on saying. Legit fighters, legit fighters. But you just made Ronda look less legit by having her lose and to you, live. And now your next opponent is another legit fighter who, who would, I'm sorry, Shada Baszler could probably make Ronda Rousey cry in real life. Dude, that, that like I said, I hope, I hope that we get to see that match in like, at like Survivor Series or something like that. Um, but you did the hear the you did hear the rumors of summer or Survivor Series, right? And Zarak coming back again? No. Oh. Uh, uh, Trips is tired of the same. Uh, We're gonna get traditional Survivor Series or what? No, he's tired of that shit, oh. and he's tired of the five on five. So uh, we might be seeing war games. Five on five war games match. That would be interesting. It'd probably only be like one or two matches. They maybe give two war games matches, like a well, yeah, it, it, it'd Rob be like versus SmackDown. Men's it'd be and it'd be like the NXT war games where you had the men's match and the women's match. But let's go make Survivor Series more. Survivor Series has sucked since I came back to wrestling. I would rather see one more games match instead of two, and just have like Raw versus SmackDown men's war game. I don't want to see the women's in a war games match. I just don't. Uh, I mean, I get it that men did do it, so we should get to too. But that was kind of like, didn't when WCW did War Games, wasn't there like for 
It was just men. Uh, it was just, and it was just one match, though, right? It wasn't like there was like more than one show. Yeah, no, it, was it was just the one, right? Yeah, and it was the main event. So then that's what they need to do if they're going to redo the war games in a Survivor Series type of fashion. They should just have it be one war games match at the very end of the, whether it be this team versus that team because we don't like you guys, or, or you whether it's Raw versus SmackDown, you could, or you can alternate it every year. You do a men's one, women's one, men's one. I wish they'd go back to the traditional way of doing Survivor Series and just have all the random five-on-five matches where they just team people up and shit. That was always fun to me, but maybe not to them, I guess. Like, 99, when Kurt Angle made his debut, it was like the last time they really did that shit. Uh, and they had a lot of really fucking cool teams that year. Big Show didn't want to team with anybody, so he choke slammed everybody and beat them up immediately and then just fucking wrestled the whole match on his own. Always, I always get tired of the ones where... Like when I go back and watch old things and instantly somebody just fucking walks out and gets counted out. And it's like, what? Stop doing that. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> There's a lot of that shit back in the day. But for whatever reason, it's changed so much that uh, nobody wants to see that shit. Or a lot of it was nobody cares. But that's not like, I don't know where they got that from. That nobody fucking cares what the finish is. What do you mean? That's the fucking whole best part of the. Of you the, only remember the finishes of that's matches. The topping on the fucking ice cream or whatever. You know what I mean? That's. I don't know. That was stuff that was so absurd when I heard that shit. Nobody cares about the finishes. What? Like, That's, it, what the well, fuck do you mean? Like every wrestling match that you can remember, you don't remember the beginning unless the entrance was rememberable. Mm, there's certain matches I remember the beginning, like Austin and the Rock at WrestleMania 15. They, they but, came out and just immediately started but, bashing each other. I hate to say it. Most matches, you only remember the end. Yeah, a lot of it. You remember the big finish. Yeah. You know, and then uh, I hate to say it like that, but fucking... <laughs> That's the truth. Uh, you know, fucking, whether it be a stunner, F5, fucking that's pedigree. How your, that's how your brain's designed. Rock bottom, fucking, fucking Kurt Angle's fucking ankle lock submission hold or fucking AJ Styles Styles Clash, you know what I mean? Like, figure four, made him tap out, goddamn. Which, speaking of the Styles Clash, the triple threat match with Mustafa, Ali, and... Uh, yeah, it was a good match. Dude, the fucking 450... And yeah. Mustafa bouncing up and getting into the Styles Clash, mm-hmm. that was badass. I told you, dude, that was <laughs> that for Monday night was probably the best match on Monday night. I, I don't know, I fell asleep for the tag team match most of it. It could have been good, but I think that was the match for Monday night for me. It was the Mysterios getting a tag match just because they won a tag match at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Well, Dominic, Dominic got to live out every man's dream. Well, a lot of men's dreams on Monday night. Rhea Ripley. snatched him up in between her legs and shit and was squeezing his head. That's Buddy Matthews' night every night. He should have probably turned around the opposite direction, but, you know, he didn't. He kept it respectful because it's PG television. And then the main event, you had Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar in a uh, last man standing match, which it, it was good. It was. Like I, like I said, I... You had Brock driving yeah. the tractor down and telling fucking Mike Rome to shut up. <laughs> It's like, be quiet. <laughs> yeah, when he pulled up and he pulled the bucket up and like lowered it right, right above like, the ring. He's man. like, it's a 285 pound fucking Midwestern, what do you call himself? <laughs> uh, I can't remember. Uh, I think he called him a cowboy, himself a cowboy. A big ass cowboy or whatever. And I'm here to kick Roman's reins' his ass. <laughs> and then he set his weight and fucking all that. But, yeah, 285 um, pounds. When he came up and lowered that bucket down, I was like, dude, I guarantee F5's Paul Heyman into that bucket. Dude, I totally thought that if they were going to have Brock win, he was going to take the bucket and like put it on reins to where he couldn't get up. Mick Foley and the Rock and shit. Yeah. yeah. I thought maybe he'd take the bucket and have somebody inside the bucket and set and it down on top it. of him and then be, then be underneath the bucket and then get counted out that way. 
Uh, I did not foresee the ring getting. Or I was like, dude, what if he does a shooting star press off that bucket? And Dick was like, he better not. And fucking, I mean, he did jump off of it or whatever to start the match. But I was like, what would be so dope if he had Roman laid out and he got up there and did a shooting star press off that motherfucker? And then Paul Heyman taking the F5 through the table. Yeah, man, that shit was wild. He's and, like, I 20, he, for 20 years I've known you or whatever. Or, or, he, or he either... He either Sold the fuck out of that, or he literally legit got knocked the fuck out. I don't know, man. Paul Heyman don't go through tables and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, Paul laid there for a good 10 minutes. <laughs> I thought it was good shit. I was laughing. Then, and then at the end of uh, of the show, like, once it went off the air, Brock climbed up to the top of the ring, whatever, had his cowboy hat just sitting up there. It was good. Uh, yeah, how long did he stay out there after the pay-per-view got over? Oh, shit. Sorry. You're good. I don't know, probably a good five, ten minutes. Yeah. See, no, like they, the Stone Cold used to stay out there for like an hour, you know, sometimes after the shit would get over just to help entertain the crowd a little more before the show was over with or whatever, you know. So it's kind of cool that wrestlers do that stuff a little bit here and there still. I don't know. We we stood around for about five or ten minutes and I saw it. And then we're, Ashley's like, you want to hurry up and walk across this bridge that we need to go to so we can <laughs> try to get a car? I said, yeah. And then we stood on the corner for 45 minutes waiting for a lift to come get us. It was it was worse than fucking uh when we went to Road Rager, man. They switched our driver like ten times. It would get <laughs> it would get to the point where it's like th- the three minute thing where it's like your driver should be approaching now. Make sure this is your driver, and then the next thing you know, it's like changing drivers. It's like <laughs> fuck. <laughs> fucking uh, we say we definitely didn't have to wait that long in St. Louis. No, I mean I thought we were gonna have to wait longer than what we did with as much traffic was down there, but we really didn't have to wait too long. Oh. And then the the guy that came and got us to take us from Starcast to SummerSlam, dude, we were in his car for a good forty five minutes, wow. trying to get over there. And he pulled onto the bridge. And this weekend they're having the indie race down there, so like they literally have those big fucking gates for the 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 crash walls with the gates is all over the city because the actual Indy five hundred fucking. Formula One cars mm-hmm. race through the town. So, like, you couldn't get onto the sidewalk of the fucking bridge. So, we were stuck on this bridge with this guy talking to him for <laughs> 30 minutes. Talking to him. Talking to him for like 30 <laughs> minutes. And eventually, we almost get to the stoplight at the end of the bridge. And Ashley's like, You can just let us out here and we'll walk. And then you can go where you need to go. It's like, Okay. No, that's, uh, I probably would have just been like, I'm, I'm just fucking going to walk in general. No, if we would have got out on this bridge, we would have got fucking macked. Uh, I don't know, man. Sometimes I get in situations like that. I'm like, I'm just the fuck out. <laughs> I'll find my way. Thing is, though, we you had to take a Lyft or an Uber or whatever to get there because apparently the parking lots for this fucking thing were sold out for weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, Nashville, SummerSlam, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't know you could pre-buy a parking space, but maybe yeah. with your ticket or something they were yeah. offering. Uh, I think I got offered it, but I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Uh, well, Ric Flair's last match. Yeah, well, I mean, it was the whole pay per view was good. Well, you had you had Killer Cross and Davy Smith Jr. Right, that was a good match. Uh, then you had Ray Phoenix in a match. Uh, I think I still got the card on here. Hang on a second. Uh, you had well, you had Pillman and Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson. Okay, we had the Bunkhouse Battle Royal, which was on the pre-show. Which Mance Warner. Mance Warner. Uh, him and Bully Ray came down to the last two people in it. 
and Bully Ray powerbombed him through a table. And then, like, so the announcers were David Crockett and um, Tony Schiavone, but they weren't, like, announcing the wrestling match. They were, like, just bullshitting the whole time. And so unless you're really paying attention to what was going on the TV, like, you didn't know what was going on in the ring. They were not, they were, anytime, like, a, a huge move would happen, they'd be like, whoa, look at that move, you know? But they weren't, like, calling the match. So they weren't it? saying, it wasn't like a typical JR and King. Like, one of them was telling you who this wrestler was, why they're here, what moves they do. They weren't calling out wrestling moves at all. They were just catching up on good old times and talking about things they've done together. And it was just like listening to a couple dudes. Like, it was just air noise while the wrestling matches were going on. So unless you were really paying attention, you didn't know when finishers were coming. You didn't know jack shit, you know? So... Um, when Bully Ray and Mance Warner were wrestling, Bully Ray put Mance Warner through a table. And at that time, typically, you know, an announcer would be like, oh, God, he put him through a table and blah, 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 this and that. So, But they weren't doing none of that. So you just had to kind of fix it up in your own brain. And then, like, Bully Ray was got him over by the rope, and out of nowhere, he just, like, hip-tossed Bully Ray over the top rope. And it was like, oh, Mance Warner wins. And then, out of like, they weren't even paying attention. They were still talking when the referee announced the winner. And then all of a sudden, Tony Schiavone's like, oh, my God, look. Mance Warner won the bunkhouse battle royal. And I was like, thanks for catching up, Tony. Like, thanks, I buddy. think everyone was drunk except for a few wrestlers. Like, I think, like, Dude, Tony Schiavone. In Sma- all, you're in Smashville. Of course you're drunk. I mean, I think they were trashed to the point where I was like, we're just fucking around, you know? You, you remember uh, last year when me and Ashley went to Milwaukee and we talked about all the places, like, we went to eat? Even at breakfast time, they brought you a fucking drink menu. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nashville's the same way, and it's longer than the ones in Milwaukee. Um, they had the uh, Ren Narita versus Yu Yu Umura. Is that how you say it? Umura? Umura? Something like that? Young Or the Young Lion Kid? Yeah, I don't remember what happened in that match. Cause it, yeah, okay. I, they lost me because I just didn't know who they were or what Ren, was going on. Those, those two wrestled the opening match of the uh, fucking New Japan show we were at. That opened with a six-man tag match, and it was all literally young lions, except for. Uh, uh, Do you watch Forbidden Door? The, no, the, I've seen the some highlights, but you know the shooter kid, John Moxley's protege. Yeah, he was the only fucking kid in the match that wasn't a young lion. Okay, and, and he's he's the one that won the match. And then um, they had the legacy match, which was Ricky and Kerry Morton uh, with Robert Gibson. And then Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson. But when As they, the four horsemen. I say when they came out, it said representing the four horsemen. And uh, they all had really cool like four horsemen gear on. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I don't know if they're going to stick with that gimmick. Um, but they sh- they certainly should. They should drop that high school blonde shit. And he should probably, they could get rid of Griff Garrison and make him a singles wrestler, I guess. Who whatever. the fuck is Griff Garrison? Right. <laughs> um, the stunt double for fucking uh, Morrissey. Uh, but like, th- if they ran that tag team in AEW, they like, and I was watching Brian Pillman do stuff that, like he was doing when he was wrestling MLW. He looked serious. He looked like he was Brian Pillman. He didn't look like those fucking unsure, how like high school blonde fucking dude that he is in in AEW. He looks like he's fish out of water in AEW for some reason. And uh, the other guy that was with him looked really good too. Uh, who the fuck was it? Uh. Brock Anderson, Arn Anderson's son. He hasn't been on TV a whole lot, but... Um, no, well, he had the thing with Malachi, and then he took the kick to the face, yeah. and we haven't really seen much of him. I think he's been doing a fair amount of training because he looked pretty 
pretty crisp in the ring. You know, I don't know how much they worked on matches beforehand or if they just called it in the ring. I'm assuming they pretty well all called it in the ring. None of the matches were like extremely long. And like I said, unless you were paying attention, well, yeah, some I, of them were just boom I, over. I, I, I looked at all the results and it's like, um, the undercard ran through in like two hours. And yeah, then you, it was, it was then over you by nine nine fifteen. I think is when it got over. Then you have the flare match. Mm-hmm. Um, Killer Cross and Davy Boy Smith Jr. We said um, the Wolves and the Motor City Machine Guns was a really good match. Uh, I got pretty excited about that. Which um, uh, at the New Japan show, you got to see Alex Shelley take on Kushida, and it went to a twenty minute time limit draw. Actually, the beginning of that match was fucking awesome. Uh, Shida and Kish- or Kushida and Shelly lock up and they start doing rolls and shit and then fucking Kushida starts bouncing off the ropes and going 20 miles an hour and fucking Alex Shelly rolls out of the ring and he's like slow the fuck down I'm too old for this shit <laughs> uh, but no it was that was a good nostalgia match and, and, and then, see the wolves uh, and the machine guns though got to see that and then uh, Davey Richards defended the MLW openweight title against Rocky Romero so that was a good match too um, and and uh, they all got to use their music too, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought they would all come out to some kind of generic music and shit. But the Motor City Machine Guns used theirs, the Wolves used theirs. Um, Ray Phoenix and Bandito and Laredo Kid and is it Tarus? Yeah, how do you say that? Um, that I mean, match it's was tor- it's Taurus in our language, tor- but yeah. and he's black t- black Tarus or Tarus. That match was pretty good. Um, I can't remember how it ended. Who'd you say was in it? Uh, Ray Phoenix, Phoenix Bandito, Phoenix, Laredo Kid, Phoenix, and Tor- Phoenix won. But it, dude, there was so much wild shit going on, and um, that's that's the first time I've seen like actually sat and watched a ban- Bandito wrestle in a match. Bandito's shit. good. Fucker was moving, man. Uh, he looked pretty good, and he signed he's signed with Impact. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe he'll maybe he'll be worth checking out every once in a while. But it seemed like these guys were going way harder than I've ever seen a lot of them like, go. Like I enjoyed. When Bandito was the world champ for ROH, like when I was watching it with no people and all that, I enjoyed him. Um, let's see. There, there's the match that was that's not on the on here, but it happened, and it was uh, Jonathan Gresham and uh. Yeah, they added that one last minute. And I've never seen Jonathan Gresham wrestle like that before. He was doing flippy shit. He was doing over, like these big high impact moves and shit. And I was like, like it got over, and I didn't realize how small he was. Um, so it looked like a baby wrestling, like a baby man. But, like, it got over, and I looked oh, at Dick, that... and Dick was like, dude, like, why doesn't he do that shit in ROH? And then, so, like, okay. a day later, he did an interview where he said the reason he wasn't doing that stuff in ROH was because he's supposed to be a heel. And he goes, if you're a heel, why would you want to do all this shit that's going to make the crowd cheer you? You want them to boo you. So that's why you take a guy down and choke him out for, like, 20 minutes. So I get that psychology of it. Being a technical wrestler as a heel, yeah. But the butt hurt, I'm quitting wrestling because people in that company didn't get it. He's going to end up in Impact. That's where his wife's the champ. You know what I'm saying? That shit's stupid to me. Like, just because this company didn't understand what you were trying to do, go fucking to another company and figure it out. Don't just quit wrestling because fucking ROH didn't get it. Which, uh, what is, uh... Oh shit! What's the name of that wrestling company? Uh, it's him and Baron Black. Uh, they have a wrestling company. I don't know. Uh, fucking Ter- Terminus. Terminus Wrestling is him. Like, they've done a few shows. So he's got his own company, but then his wife is fucking Jordan Grace. Yeah, yeah, she's just about as tall as he is too. 
Uh, I didn't realize how small she was. She wrestled uh, at that punk, at that pay per view too with uh, Deanna Prazo and Rachel El- Ellering, which was a really good match. I thought at the beginning of it, Rachel Ellering did some good acting, and we all thought she fucking broke her knee at like the very beginning of the match or her ankle or something, because they did like a move where all three of them were working together, and old girl's ankle got twisted up underneath like the other one, and she like rolled over and they stopped the match for like maybe a minute, minute and a half to check her out, and then she hopped out of the ring and they were looking at her. And the other two girls looked at each other like, shit, like, what are we going to do now? Because we expected there to be three people in the match. And they started wrestling. And then a couple seconds later, um, Ellering got back in the ring and just jumped right in there and started nailing the old girl. And I was like, well, maybe that was, maybe it was just a good bit of acting on their part as, you know. But it was it was actually a pretty good match, too. I think Deanna Perrazzo ended up winning. Jordan Grace. No, did she? Yeah, she did. You're right. Yeah, You're right. So it was, she, she, it was, I remember at the was, end she was, was holding the title and yeah, doing the flex, and I was title. like, "Jesus Christ, look at her fucking arms!" You can tell her and her husband lift weights together. Dude, she does fucking uh, powerlifting competitions. Uh, Josh Alexander and Jacob Fatu was probably my favorite match of the night. Jacob Fatu, a big man like that, doing all them flips and all that crazy shit, man. The Amer- the Samoan werewolf. Fucking, I hope he goes someplace that after MLW and like gets on TV, TV which somewhere did, for a little did you, while. Did you see? Something somebody put something about Roman Reigns on a tweet or something, and like he's like, "Why are you fucking with our tribal chief?" Because I mean, it's his cousin. Yeah. So um, even he's calling Roman the tribal chief. Uh, the Briscoes and Von Erichs. I think a lot of people probably thought that was going to be like the the best match on the card, and it was a really good match. But the Von Erichs are still pretty green. Uh, the one had fucking like uh like muck boots on that didn't fit. And it looked like he was going to twist his ankles just the better time he was in there. And the other one, looked, he, didn't, he didn't have no shoes at all and socks on at all. He looked like his daddy. Their dad's Kevin, right? Yeah. Um, was Kevin there? Yeah. I don't know if he was or not. I don't remember seeing the, him. A lot of the times he's with them. There was a shitload of seats that had people's names on them, but it didn't like didn't show any of them. Like At one point in time, it showed uh, Vicky Guerrero, and I can't remember who the people were on all sides of her. But I don't remember seeing any of those people for the rest of the night, and it was just showed her there smiling, sitting by herself. And, and then, then, and then what? You had Undertaker, Und- Mick Foley, and Bret Hart, and Bret Hart, and DDP. DDP. Um, and they were all in one section, but uh, I can't remember what the names were on the on the seats next to Vicky Guerrero. But I was like, oh shit! Because oh shit! Because I remember I remember seeing memes all week. Let's let it's like DDP still stalking the Undertaker's wife. Yeah, or after all these years. Yep. Uh, yeah, and uh, and the uh, shit. So Here, here's the Brett screwed Brett interview. But, yeah. But uh, but anyway, it was a good match. I mean, it's the Briscoes. You know what I mean? They're always they're always putting on. Putting Which on I mean, they're officially phone. signed to ROH. And uh, and the Von Ericks, they've okay. got. You, you, you were speaking about the Briscoes. We haven't talked about it because it happened during the two weeks where none of us did the show. Do the two out of three falls at Death Before Dishonor. That match was fucking badass. Yeah, I haven't seen that match yet. Uh, I mean, I've seen highlights of it or whatever, heard everybody talking about it and saying it's probably tag team match of the year and all that stuff. But until they put it on YouTube for free or whatever, I won't get to. I'll give you the site to watch it. <laughs> um, and then you had the main event, which was Ric Flair and Andrade El Idolo versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Um, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal come out. Jeff Jarrett come out and immediately took some dude, so, like some guy said something to him, and he turned around and started arguing with this guy on the rampway, right? Jay Lethal standing in the ring, just, you know, standing out there waiting on him. Jeff Jarrett's arguing with this dude for, like, maybe an unnecessary two minutes, and the dude's got a huge cup of beer. 
Jarrett takes the cup of beer out of his hand and throws it right in the guy's face and throws the cup down, turns around and walks toward the ring. And I was like, holy shit, he's a straight Nashville Hill tonight. People were fucking throwing shit at him as he was coming to the ring after he did that and whatnot. And he got in the ring and got up on the fucking, uh, on the turnbuckle and raised his guitar and he pointed out the ring and he goes, I fucking hate every single one of you people out here tonight. And uh, it was it was good heel shit from uh, from Jeff Jarrett. And then uh, Andrade come out and he had like, the 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 black and white pinstripe suit and he had a fucking crystal skull on first time i've ever seen him wear that one it was all crystal skull um and then he uh he got in the ring and then rick flair's music hit and fucking he come walking out and he looked like fucking scott hall that time uh i don't know if you've ever seen the e60 where scott hall was in the ring and he was so fucked up on somas that he couldn't barely move and all that rick flair come doing that as he was walking out and uh, you could just see it on his face that he he had he had had one or two beers already you could, before. You could tell Ric Flair at what two thirty in the afternoon on Saturday at New Japan was three sheets of the fucking wind, man. Dude, he he came walking out and the way his foot feet were moving, I was like, the there ain't scoot, no way. Scoot. Yeah, <laughs> he was doing the scoot and shit, and I was like, there ain't no way this motherfucker ain't been drinking since like two o'clock today, you know. And then he came out and he did like a little turn. As he did the turn, he kind of like, I, I could lose balance. And then Dick looked at me. He's like, no doubt he's fucking wasted, you know. And I had like maybe eight people over here at the house to watch it that night. So we're all fucking laughing and shit. And he gets in the ring and match starts out or whatever. And they're kind of doing their thing and moving around and whatnot. And Andrade was moving faster than I've ever seen him move. I've never seen him. And probably because he knew he had to step it up because Rick was limited. Well, yeah, I mean he was working. He was he was, he was the, working all right because I've never yeah. seen him work like that ever before ever at any company he's been a part of. Um, and then you know Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal and him really put a good good ass fucking fight on with each other. Um, Jay Lethal and Andrade did. They beat the shit out of each other and Jeff Jarrett too. Um, and then they tagged Rick in. He got in, and he was doing pretty good to be honest with you. Uh, he he wasn't like fucking suplexing people and going crazy but he was doing a lot of chops um he was throwing some fists he did his little strut and his little spin around um i believe he might have gave somebody a back body drop um i think he might have scoop slammed jay lethal um but it was a lot it was a shitload of chops a lot of chops Ooh. yeah and then he finally tagged uh you could see he was kind of getting winded kind of put his hands on his knees a little bit and he fucking tagged andrade back and andrade got him and they were wrestling around the ring, and they got outside the ring and were doing some shit. And you can see Rick standing up in the corner the whole time. He didn't get down and help nobody or nothing like that. Just stand there the whole time. And all of a sudden, he put his head down on the fucking turnbuckle. And for like the next six minutes, his head did not lift off the turnbuckle. And That's because he was fucking spinning. Oh, I thought for sure that I was like, dude, I, I was like, I hope he's not fucking. Because he looked really winded when he hit, when he went back, because his mouth was like to his chest, like winded. And I was like, dude, I, I was looking at Dick, and I was like, I hope, I hope he's not like dying of a heart attack over there or something right now you know in the corner of the ring and he's like dude he could be he said he wanted to die tonight and you know going on and i was like for sure his pacemaker is probably like shocking him back to life right now or whatever. Which I, I sent you the picture of the marquee from outside the arena yeah because we went to the hall of fame for the music the musicians hall of fame down there yeah and it's attached to the auditorium and we happen to walk by it to get back to the thing. And I'm like, does that say Ric Flair's lesson? I'm like, I'm going to take a picture of that. <laughs> but uh, so when they finally got Rick back in, man, he he was not the same after he got back in. He couldn't lift his arm to chop. He was like giving knee chops and, and waist chops. He pacemaker probably fucking shocked the shit out I of him. I think it did. Um, 
and you could just see that it had caught up to him, dude. And his hair, he had old, crazy old man hair in different directions. Um, he wanted to get beat up, and you could see him, like, they, they knocked him on the mat, and then he just stayed there forever, and they wrestled around him, taking bumps around him. He just laid there with arms out, dude, forever. Didn't he take Karen Angle's fucking uh, heel to the head? Yeah, so he, he gets back up finally, and they get over to the turnbuckle or whatever, and I can't remember what he was doing with Jeff, but she takes her heel and hits him in the head with it, and he's like, ah, and fucking falls back. And and that's outside of the ring and shit. And they're on the same side of the ring that Ric Flair's family's on. And is it Megan, the one that's married to Conrad? Yeah. Me- Megan, Megan, however they say it. She gets like tries to come I, over I the turnbuckle. Under, I don't understand how anybody could ever say Megan. It's fucking Megan. You know. Uh, she, anyway, uh, Kurt Angle's wife got close to that side. Or Kurt Angle's wife. I'm sorry. Jeff Jarrett's used, wife got. Be Kurt Angle's wife. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's wife got to that side of the ring, and she came over the guardrail at her. And was like grabbing her and trying to fight her, and then like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And then yeah, Karen went back at her, and and like Megan grabbed her, and she says, "I'll fucking kill you, bitch." And like then everyone was like, "Oh shit, it got real." And they were trying to split him up, and Conrad was standing down at the end of the thing with his hands holding on to the barrier, and I was like, "Oh, maybe someone's gonna throw a working punch at him or something to get Ric Flair fired up." No, he looked like he was scared that his wife was going to get into a legit fight for real, dude. He didn't move. He didn't say nothing. He was just stone-faced staring over there like, holy shit, this wasn't a part of the show. And then, like, after like it all... This, be like, I gotta go home with this bitch. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Then when it was done, like, he finally, like, sat down and he just, like, looked over like, I don't remember us talking about that shit. Uh, Undertaker looked... When they were on that side of the ring, they showed the camera panning by. Mick Foley's dying laughing the whole time. Just fucking dying laughing. They're out there hitting Rick in the head, you know, getting him busted open. And Mick Foley's just sitting well, there with a huge well, smile. Well, the bad part is it doesn't take much to bust Ric Flair open no, anymore. No, dude, no. And they were using that fucking heel to, like, kind of grind it in or whatever. Bret Hart was sitting there like this. Fucking with his hand on his fucking... I forgot. Nobody can see us. He's sitting here with his hand on his chin, like, kind of taking it all in. Mick Foley's got just a fucking huge shitty grin on his face. Undertaker's sitting there with both hands on his lap, like a concerned parent at a fucking football game when their kid goes down to a knee injury, you know? And his wife wasn't even looking, dude. She was looking away, like, wincing away and shit, like, it's just too much for me to handle. Ric Flair gets up, dude, and they start punching him. They get him over to the ringside where all the fucking Mick Foley and them guys are sitting at, and they're just bashing him in the head. You can see blood flying off out into the crowd. And Undertaker's wife's sitting there, dude. You can see her putting her hands up, and she gets up and, like, basically moves because she <laughs> she had a bright white shirt on. I'm sure it had spackles or Ric Flair blood all over it after that. But uh, they got him back in the ring, man. He laid there. Michelle, Michelle McCool probably already sold it on eBay. <laughs> Ric Flair splatter shirt. <laughs> when they got him back in the ring, he just laid there um forever until they finally got to where he could i guess he woke back up because it looked to me put, like he fell put, asleep put jared in the figure four and won the match well jay lethal picked him up to hit him with the guitar and he moved out of the way kind of moved out of the way fell back down face basically old man flopped back to the mat because he couldn't stand up no more i've done a few old man flops in my day jay lethal took the guitar shot and then andrade i believe took jarrett down Jared, uh, Ric Flair got up, put him in the figure four, and then passed back out again. And he beat he beat Jeff Jarrett with his arms flat to the mat as well. And basically, him and Jeff Jarrett were both laid out on the mat, looked like they were both sleeping with their legs attached to each other. And that's that was the end of Ric Flair's last match. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it was. So what you're telling me is I just need to watch it on the app. I'm gonna you, give you. You should definitely give it a watch. I think you'll, if anything. It was definitely an experience, a good laugh. Um, 
it was not his match with Shawn Michaels. So if anybody watches the match, don't go into it thinking that there's going to be... It's going to be a fucking phenomenal... It, yeah. Not from Ric Flair, anyway. Everybody outside the, of Ric Flair in that match, was they did a good job. They 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 sold the pay-per-view. They sold the match. Rick did as much as he could do. I think had he not gotten drunk, honest to God, to the point that he was drunk at or whatever, I think he might have been able to do a little more than what he did. Um but it was good, man. I'm glad I bought it. Uh, it's it's something that I'll ha- I'll have a good memory, and not just that, but you own the, it, the, you own it forever. And the look on Mick Foley's face is an Undertaker. You know, you know that, right? Anytime you go on fight, fight you, keep let you keep it forever. Yeah, you get the, okay. you get unlimited replays because Bleacher Report doesn't do that shit. Yeah, I don't fight believe. fight TV lets you watch it. That's fucking awesome. So, but anyway, man, yeah, it's just um, the crowd reactions to a lot of the shit that night and the and this the whole thing I can't believe it was set up the way it was and how it was done and as six not like WWE successful but as successful as it got just being Ric Flair's last match because at one point you thought that's all it was going to be and then all these people were like hey well fucking I got these AAA guys that you can use and I got these MLW guys you can use and I got a couple yeah. AEW guys and yeah, ROH w- guys and yeah WWE guys and it was like how it's Ric Flair's last match how the fuck are we not going to let you be involved and then also that night Dolph Ziggler did a uh, video for Ric Flair Sting Sting did one. Cody Rhodes did one. Brian Danielson did one. And I want to say The Rock did one, I think. And then somebody else did one. The Rock also did Ric Flair's roast and made him cry. He just said a bunch of really nice things about him and made him cry and shit. But still, it was kind of cool. So, But it was it was a good pay-per-view overall. It was just very indie macho. Well, it was funny. It was, to it was, me, it was funny. It, it was pretty much an impact shit plus show kind of yeah yeah a little bit just a few dollars cheaper figuring what's today the sixth friday night the 12th coming up is already another impact plus pay-per-view but you know we didn't get to see flair go off the top rope and he didn't do the flip over the turnbuckle trick i think he'd have got charlotte ain't gonna let him yeah i think he'd have got vertigo anyway so but uh, jay lethal did give him one good suplex and you could tell rick flair was like nope can't do that shit again. Be like I'm out. <laughs> but Jay Lethal had to. He was so tired at that point, like he didn't jump. He couldn't help. Jay Lethal had to deadlift him to suplex him, and Jay Lethal got, was tired. You got to remember, Charlotte's our age. Yeah. So, Rick, Rick was like 40 when she was born. Oh yeah. But it was just it was it was you could see Jay Lethal was like Aah! when he deadlifted dead straight dead way to Ric Flair's That's, to do that have, shit. Have you ever watched the FCW documentary on the WWE Network? No, I haven't seen it. Dude is. I love watching it. Like, there's a part because they talk to like the first class of FCW, and it's got like Heath and Natty and all them talking, and then it gets to the point where like Charlotte shows up, and she's like, "Oh, I'm filling out the application," and it's like wrestlers you know, and I write pops or whatever, and she's like, Dusty comes out like ten minutes later, and she's like, he's like, who the hell is supposed to know who pops is unless (laughs) except for me? (laughs) I miss Dusty Rhodes. So. All right, rest WWE this week. Becky returns as the man. She's out with the shoulder separation. Champa is our new number one contender. Shayna is our new number one contender. We have the return of Karrion Cross, which you said you're excited to talk about. So, yeah. what do we got to talk about that? Well, let's see. No one knew that was going to happen at all. No. I mean, uh, he definitely when he actually, actually I got up and popped last night. I heard that doo, 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 and I'm like, and then I saw I'm like, wait, wait, what the fuck? And then right, well, you saw Scarlet in the fucking entryway, and I'm like, really? Well, what, see, what, is, oh, what, 
What is going on? All that happened, right? And then he came out, and he had the leather jacket and the hair, and I thought for sure it was SmackDown original Deuce and Domino coming back. And you know, Well, he grew his hair out for an acting role that he's doing. Right, but to me it was like, do you remember Deuce and Domino, the leather jackets and the brown fucking hair and shit? And yeah. So I was like, at first I was like, oh, it's definitely Karrion Cross once you've seen Scarlet and all that. But then I remember Deuce and Domino had the blonde-haired chick with them too. And, and I was and, like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I love it how she put the fucking... Uh, hourglass on the like it's fucking NXT again. Yeah. So I, Triple H was big on his thing, and they did. They took a lot of time building that entrance and doing a lot of stuff with it. So, you know, I think he had big plans for him down there, and that you know, not that he's gonna come in and win at Clash of the Castle and become the next champion and all that stuff or whatever. But no, but he's another legit too. That it's like oh. And I was thinking about matchups today, even after this this match he has with them, if they could have him and if, say, Davy Boy shows up um, at Clash of the Castle or whatever, they could have him and Karrion Cross yeah, go do that. Well, unfor- yeah, you can't do that pay-per-view without Davy. Cross and Roman would be a good match. Cross and Drew alone would be a good match. Cross and Davy was a good match. We've seen the small bit of it at that Ric Flair pay-per-view. The bigger bit, bit would be cool. Um, uh, I think that when Cody Rhodes comes back, him and Cross would be a really good match. Oh yeah, that'd I don't, be, that'd I don't know that be they've a, ever touched be, or wrestled, but I just think that that would be a hell of a matchup between or they, rivalry they were, even. They were never in the same company at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I didn't think so. So that would be a really potentially good match that they could have. Um, so there's just a lot of different angles they it could would, do with the whole. That match would actually be really fucking brutal too. That's much as far as what. Do you imagine him and Cody Rhodes in the fucking bull like a bull rope match, or you know something? Or like, like that. the Hell in a Cell that him and Seth did. Yeah. Or I don't know, man. That, that's the thing with cross and, and cody you know he's willing to go that that which extra he, mile to entertain like, like he's our age so he's just entering the prime of his yeah. fucking so wrestling here's the only other thing though like with triple h being in charge what if cody comes back and he's like well i made this deal with vince and triple h is like yeah but that was vince and i'm triple h so you're well gonna, yeah that, that's the you're, that's you're, the wild card about cody it's like you're gonna be dashing yeah. cody Rhodes again and, yeah we're gonna actually we're gonna put this bag. On be this. like, what the fuck's the American Nightmare? We're gonna break your face and put a, a mask back on it again. And oh, he's gonna be Kip Sabian. <laughs> well, remember when he was going around putting bags on people's head in the crowd yeah. and all that? I've been thinking lately that's MJF and not Kip Sabian. That'd be a hell of a turn, wouldn't it? Could be. Because I mean, he's, he's wearing the suit, suits and shit, and right? Actually, he's a little bigger than. I'm just saying, it would be, but Kip Sabian hasn't wrestled, so he could just be beefing up as well. But that would be a hell of a turn, wouldn't it? If it was him out there hiding the whole time. That would be that'd be a fucking major swerve, because I mean, speaking of Cross coming back, TK has got to step up his game now. That's and that's what you know. If Triple H is really getting indie wrestlers again and stuff, it could be a good thing for AEW to thin their roster up a little bit, so they will be able to make more stars of their own or more stars out of the guys that they got instead of having just so many people that it's hard to keep up with storyline. Plus, you know, you you got to do something with like your Adam Cole. Bring your Keith Lee. Ricky Starks and Hobbs, they better do something with right now. If not, because, we're going to miss the shot with both of them. Yeah, plus, you know you got to do something with like the two that I said because they are Triple H guys. Yeah, I feel like eventually you got to let Darby do something. If not, win the title, at least get a title match. Uh, or have a rivalry to get to a title match or something. Not just randomly on a fucking Monday or a Wednesday night. Darby Allen gets a title shot. They they need to give him a story to get a title shot. I feel like, but I like how they've talked about like if you remember Darby, he how he's like, "I'm always gonna go for the TNT title," and 
he's never been in the TNT title match scenario since that point. Uh, see, he's been stuck with Sting doing that shit, though. So that's why I say he, if when Sting's contract comes up, if he decides to get away from him, if they do that or whatever, it'd probably be probably be a good thing for Darby Allen to, to start doing his own thing again. Which we might as well. We're talking about AEW. We're just going to switch to. I say there's nothing really left to talk about no. WWE. So. so we'll just switch to AEW and what this week? What? You had major heel turn. Well, heel turning on heel. Yeah. You had the undisputed elite turning on the the elite. Yeah. Which I have seen. I figured. I thought it was going to happen a lot a long time ago. It took way longer to happen than I thought. I thought when Adam Cole first showed up and was talking that unity, we're all going to be buddies. It's like, dude, this is going to happen. Like they're going to get him in the ring like tonight, and it's going to go down. And it didn't forever. And now all of a sudden, boom, it did. And I was like, yo. This is the shit I've been waiting for since you first showed up, pal. Like, thing is, Bobby's Bobby's the only one cleared to actually wrestle yeah, out of him, that group. Him and Kyle are both still got injuries yeah. right now or whatever. So, but hopefully by the time the pay per view rolls up, they'll be good to go. Hopefully they're not going to try to pull that all on one night. Like, no, they got to start building that like now. So yeah, they're gonna have to. I don't know. Nobody's gonna tune in for fucking all out to watch a fucking trios tag team tournament. I say if they're gonna try to do a King of the Ring style with a bunch of six man tags, that's gonna be rough. I would not buy that pay per view. <laughs> oh fuck! It's probably why CM Punk decided not to come back. If that's the case, now my foot still hurts. I'm gonna wait another month. Fuck it, dude. If he was actually healthy, you could have FTR and CM Punk try to win the tag trio titles yeah, you could you, you definitely could uh he, he'd have him pull double duty that night and have him defend the title and win the fucking tag team dude that ftr wins them tag titles they'll have all the belts except for the w or i guess the impact impact ones, yeah all the belts except for the wwe championship which right now ones. who the fuck is the impact tag team champions right now i think it's the good brothers still i don't think they actually dropped the belts they're working on show to show appearances. I was gonna say they're not they're not contracted anymore, are they? No, and I, I keep reading stuff about Carl Anderson showing up on AEW, so hmm. we'll see. He did wrestle one singles match, I know that that one night, but I haven't unless he's on dark and stuff, I haven't seen him. No, he hasn't uh, been he has Harvey been. Whippleman. That's a lot of dead space, but I had, <laughs> I, had, I had a burp. A little beer burp. Yeah, my bad. Uh it rustles up down there sometimes. It does. Especially when you're drinking what the fuzz. <laughs> My hometown's brewery. Uh, so we were talking about the Undisputed Elite turning on the Young Bucks. Kind of brings... Well, Adam Page come out. And yeah, save, you get the... Well, I don't you know if the, he saved him, but he cleared the ring. You, uh, you could get the Hung Bucks. And he had some... I thought they were butterflies, but Mark said they're monarchs. On his blue jeans or wrestling trunks, whatever they were. He's starting to look like he's had some extra beers. Looked like he was filling his shirt out pretty good to me. I thought, damn, Hangman, you're hanging over the front of your pants. He's got a little muffin topped. Yeah, well. Is he depressed now, you think? Or what's going on with him? Maybe his pants were just too small. I don't know. But he would run out there and jumped in the ring. And he had the cowboy boots and the, the gimmick and all that. And I was staring at him. And I was maybe looking at him. Wearing, I was like, maybe he's just wearing too tight of pants. You you holding water, bro? Or what's going on with you right now? You're looking a little... A little fleabie around the edges. Usually looks a little more trim and cut than that. Just to let you know, and the people of the podcast, I watched Dynamite after trivia. Oh, so you was half shit lit, huh? Fast forwarding and pausing mm-hmm. and be like, oh, they're talking. And yeah. And then uh, had shit going on Tuesday or Thursday night and Friday night. So going off a recollection of uh, drunken speed watching Dynamite. Yeah. 
So, wait, fucking Hangman had butterflies on his pants? And Mark said they were monarchs. But yeah, he hit the ring. A monarch's still a fucking butterfly. Cowboy shit, cowboy shit, or whatever. That's what I thought. You know, same the same family, right? Yeah. Um, ran to the ring, had a white wife beater on, extremely bright blue blue jeans with fucking butterflies all over them, like rainbow butterflies. And and hit the ring, and then Adam Cole and all them got out because they're all injured or whatever, so they're, you know, they're not trying to get hurt. Um, and then basically him and the young bucks made up or whatever. Yeah. So we, so they could be the hung bucks. And then I, like, yeah, I messaged Mark on our message thing. And I said, are those fucking butterflies? And he said, I believe they're monarchs. They're going extinct or some kind of shit like that. And I was just also, like, in my mind, I was like, you do, real, you do realize that Hang, Hangman's a big supporter of that community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I was like, aren't monarchs butterflies though? Is that the same class? Same Dude, your TV's totally flashing. Shawn Michaels a bunch? It's yeah. DX. Like, if you were epileptic, if either one of us were epileptic, we would be <laughs> Get it out. seizing on your floor. Yeah, somebody would to Shawn Michaels telling JR to suck it to his wiener. <laughs> it is a lot, isn't it? It is. It's almost like um, subliminal messages. Should go out and do pills now and tell people to suck it. Shawn Michaels. Suck it. I'd be Shawn Michaels 97 if I did that. Oh. Uh. One of the best things is By the way, don't do that. Don't take pills and tell people to suck it. No, don't take pills. You can tell people to suck it. Anybody, any child listening to this, don't do that. I don't think... Adult, you do what you want. You're an adult. Our our demographic is uh, 21 to 36, I think. That's good. Yeah. So you you can tell people to suck it. Yeah, you're an adult. If you want to take pills and tell people to suck it, that's on you at this point. But I'm not condoning it. We're I gonna, would do it, but don't condone it. We're going to go to uh, Matt Hardy taking on Christian, which gets built towards the highlight of AEW for at least a good month now. I didn't, The Jungle Boy and Christian Cage fucking rivalry. The highlight of that match for me was the guy outside of the ring that said, I played this match on <laughs> no w- Mercy. WC, or WWE No Mercy. That shit made me laugh. Um, I don't know. I've seen those guys wrestle too many times, and I knew what was going to happen. I knew Jungle Boy was either going to come through the crowd. He was wearing a Christian as a pussy shirt. Yeah, he had the Christian as a pussy shirt. Uh, Can I I, uh, throw a bold prediction out there right now, and that's that um, the the dinosaur who was a good dinosaur and then was a bad dinosaur is actually still a bad dinosaur, and he's making Jungle Boy think he's a good dinosaur. I think that whenever Christian and think Jungle we, Boy wrestle, I think he's going to turn on Jungle Boy, and Christian's going to be like, oh, I had you the whole time I thinking th- he was I, a good dinosaur, but he's a bad dinosaur. I, I think you need to have Austin take off the fucking Luchasaurus mask. and It, it, it makes no sense why. Come up with a new name because your whole wrestling career has been built off of Jungle Boy and a dinosaur. Kind of. like so That's what I said. Until he went back to being Jungle Boy's best friend. For two weeks, they built him to be this new monster. monster. Fuck, yeah, like, I was impressed. Like Kane. So what does he, does he, now does he go, does he apologize to Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman? Like, sorry, no, fuck, fucking. No, fuck them. Who, you know, who he was, they? he was being a bad dinosaur. Now he's a good dinosaur. Gave some treats. You know, we're, cause you know, he's, they're friends with Jungle Boy. So are we all cool then? Or is that now cause a problem? Like for. I feel like the the dinosaur when Jungle Boy gets a hold of Christian at the pay per view or whenever they oh, yeah, wrestle, it's, it's got to be all out. I I think that that's what they're building towards. I think they pull the double swerve and fucking the dinosaur fucking screws might, Jungle Boy. And, and the thing is, it's Tony Khan. So like a week or two from now, we're probably going to get the concerto match. Yeah. And then at the pay per view, we're going to get straight up Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. Yep. I bet you at that pay per view, the dinosaur fucking turns on Jungle Boy again. If not, then they fucking completely wasted. 
the whole turn angle that they did. And right now, people. Well, I mean, they did people, with they people, did with Wardlow and MJF, yeah. and they did it with a couple other people. So, so right now, people are real mad because they think that oh well, why the fuck did you waste him doing that for two weeks if he's going to be a good guy? But if you've ever watched WWE your whole entire life, there's a thing called the double swerve. Where you know Paul Heyman's done it before, Triple H has done it. Um, where you Brett, think Bret Hart and Stone Cold did it? Yeah, you think a guy's on your side, and then fucking sure as shit, MJF did it to Jericho. You know, with the fucking uh, uh, inner circle shit. So I don't know there's a lot of that double dipping shit goes on. All I have to say is I did it for The Rock. <laughs> uh, you had. A dumpster match. Best match of the night, I felt like. Between the acclaimed you and... the New Age Outlaws? Yeah. <laughs> Which I got my acclaimed shirt in the mail a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was the New Age Outlaws it's versus... Got the, it's got the scissors, and it says the acclaimed has arrived. I want to get one of them jerseys if they ever sell the jerseys. I want one. Uh, the uh, It's definitely the acclaimed as the New Age Outlaws, and the gun club is definitely the smoking guns, and it was just a clash of the two. I thought one of... The the best part about it was Max Caster doing the mic drop through the table. I felt like the elbow drop. That was cool. Um, when they put him inside the dumpster um, before they pushed it off the fucking... The, the stage. They put the gun club inside the dumpster, and they zip-tied the lid shut. So when they pushed it off the stage, the lid wouldn't pop open. But when they shoved it off the stage, the motherfucking zip ties broke, and the lid popped open anyway. Zip ties aren't that strong. And it... I don't think that one of the no one said anything anyway. No, neither of the gun club have died. Um, but when that shit flipped over, it looked like it fucking like one of them came out of the bottom, and it looked like it fucking landed right on top of them with their legs sticking out of the bottom. And I was like, that would fucking probably break you in half if that shit happened. It just it looked like it was gonna be really safe, and then it just really was like it ended. Maybe maybe not. Maybe they were strapped in, holding on to something inside of it or whatever. But the dumpster was way smaller. Is that, is that, or all the reports that they were in it. So. so, like, the dumpster they were in is way smaller than the dumpsters i seen WWE do that shit with. Oh, yeah. And then when they zip-tied it closed, I was like, okay, they're trying to keep the lids on. But then when them zip-ties snapped and, like, all the shit started coming out of it on the flip and it landed completely upside down, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I don't I don't think them zip-ties were supposed to snap off the top there like that. They, them, them kids went for a fucking ride when they went off there. It doesn't seem like it was that far of a fall. But with it flipping over and that shit and the lid coming off of it and all that, I bet it was fucking... They were probably holding on to each other like Jesus Christ. It like, was, hold me, daddy. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was That that, that match, though, um, the Acclaim, they uh, they got the crowd in the palm of their hand. You know what I mean? The they, Acclaim could be the next tag team champs. They, um, right now, they are... Um, they're what's hot, and they're the flavor of the week, if that's the word I'm looking for. for yeah. They're super popular right now. Hopefully, they can... Hopefully, Tony Khan can book it the right enough way that they don't turn them heel or fucking do something stupid to, to, you know, to, to stomp it out and ruin it. But I think as long as Max Caster keeps fucking dropping dope rhymes, they're going to be all right. A lot of people are making up a big deal about him uh, dropping the, the line about um, making the ass boys retire like Vince McMahon. Man. Like, oh, he'll never get a job for WWE making things like that. But he don't. he didn't really say nothing bad. As far as rap goes, like people went, oh, but I think it's just because he name dropped Vince McMahon on AEW. It wasn't really a slam. I mean, there's certainly been things in rap music that have been said, like, that have been 10 times harder and 10 times nastier about Max, people. Max Caster has said worse than that. I was going to say, if if that is what keeps him out of the WWE, then the WWE, I don't think, knows what talent is anymore. Because to me, that dude is fucking talented. Maybe he'll end up in the WWE someday. Maybe he won't, but. 
I don't know, outside of just the rapping, he's a really good wrestler too, I feel like. so. Yeah, Jericho and Yuta. Uh, winner goes on to face Moxley at Quake of the Lake. You know, it's just a big chance to build Wheeler Yuta up a little more. Yeah, it was, dude, he came out and fucking smoked Jericho right in the nose. He's, Jericho's got that broken nose, and fucking Jericho sold the shit out of it, man. Grabbed the nose and was like, ah, fucking stomping his feet and shit. Typical old school heel Jericho. So next week we get we the Lionheart Chris Jericho. Taking on John Moxley. Yeah, uh, that shit's about played out anymore too. I don't want Jericho. I want Jericho from '98. Well, he's too big to be Jericho from '98. And just a couple weeks ago, we got Jericho the Pain Man. Right. He looks like he ate Jericho from '98. Like, <laughs> I, he don't know how to be the Lionheart Chris Jericho no more because he's got too much money. That's still my favorite version of Chris Jericho. Me too. But unless he comes out to the old WCW music and has like the weird fucking flower dress on and, and the, the fucking ponytail and a big ass fucking beard thing, like. Dude, if he comes out next week and he's got Ralphus with him, Ooh, I'll, shut, I'll shut the fuck up. Be like, done. <laughs> I'll shut the fuck up. But and, and then moving to, moving to or, okay, you had, Tony, you had Tony Storm or Thunderstorm shit with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, which turned into Jamie Hayter getting a title shot at. Dude, Jamie Hayter looked fucking phenomenal in She that gets match. a title shot in like 10 minutes on Battle of the Belts on TNT. Um because that's tonight. You got Claudio taking on uh, Kaneske Takashita. You have Wardlow taking on Jay Lethal. And then you have Thunder Rosa taking on Jamie Hayter at Battle of the Belts on TNT tonight. Uh, then Rampage. You have the debut of Mance Warner. Which was taking st- on Moxley. What stop him to do to stop? Is that going to be his only match? Or is he signed to AEW? Or is he just uh, a- I don't know. Like, his contract is... Like, they've been talking about, like... He doesn't really have a contract commit comment or he doesn't have a commitment to anybody. When now. he when he won that battle royal, all the GCW guys outside. I don't think Nick Gage came out, but all the GCW GCW guys came out and they all took PBR well, and ported in the. Well, that's because at fucking the GCW show that was on Friday night at Starcast, like Nick Gage is like, we're fucking invading Ric Flair's last match. Yeah, kinda, they just came out during the first match and but uh, Vance Warner won. He had Madison Rain fucking debut at AEW. And her, her, Pretty good match. It's technically her second match. She had a match on Dark the night before, so she's oh. 2-0. Yeah, I mean, she fought Layla Gray. Got over on Kira Hogan, who, you know, here lately um, Jade's been having everybody get the shit beat out of them uh, when they come to fight her or before they fight her, and she, you know, she fucking was and like, you ain't getting Jade. me. And then dropped her with, uh, what's the name of it? Rent. Something rain, cross rain, cross rain. That's what it's called. It's the crossroads. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like thirty people do that move, and it's either over the, the top the, flip this way or over the bottom flip this way. But the, it's the it's, same move. It's the reckoning, the crossroads, the it, cross rains, the the fucking rolling the dice. Yeah. If you're uh, on WCW, uh, it's like almost like um, the scorpion deathlock and, and the fucking sharpshooter. If you do it yeah. one way, it's this guy's. If you do it the, the other, other way, way, it's this guy's. Yeah. Scorpion <laughs> deathlock, sharpshooter. Uh, Lion tamer. One's a left leg, one's a right yeah, leg. No, she gets shit like that. <laughs> but no, uh, she's taking on Jed Tuesday night or Wednesday night on Dynamite for the TBS Championship. I think that'll be a good match. Uh, oh, uh, we you had Konosuke Takashita actually winning a match on AEW television, so he actually has a legit reason to challenge Claudio. Let's also not forget that Ethan Page accepted Stokely Hathaway's fucking card. That is true. Uh, what the, happened to Scorpio Sky? Did he did Wardlow to kill him or what happened there? He's hanging out playing Nintendo until Tony needs him again. I guess. Uh, 
You had a street fight for the tag team titles. Josh Woods, Tony Nese taking on Swerving Your Glory. Swerving Your Glory is still the tag team champs. Nothing fucking happened in this match. Made Swerve look good. Which one of them got jumped in the back? Or was that the a night later? Was it Keith Lee got jumped? Uh, that, was like, that was like a week ago. Yeah, I'm about, see, I don't know what the fuck happened there where I was seeing that at. Maybe I just seen it pop up on Facebook the other day and thought it happened just here recently. So, I mean, that's pretty much AEW in a nutshell this week. Yeah, the the dumpster match was the highlight, I think, of the, of the show this week. Um, as far as AEW goes, the 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 the, the rap, the fucking the the fact that uh, the acclaimed have the crowd in the palm of their fucking hands when they come out. Um, Billy Gunn actually helped out a lot, though. Other than that, um, Mad Mikey telling people what gets his nippies hard was a little bit too much for me in the <laughs> interview segment. And old girl looked like she was uncomfortable when he said it. And so, I was like, he's like, Tony, you want to know what gets Mad Mikey's nipples hard? And it's like, no. No, I don't. And even Anna J-S-A-S so, was not. So here, <laughs> or Anna J-A-S, I'm sorry, was here, not. Like, she was like, what, motherfucker? Here's, here's the plan. You tell everybody your high spot of the week while I go pee. Ow. And then I punch... Mike stands. I think my high spot of the week, I you know, I would love to pick Ric Flair, but he was so wasted I can't. Um, I think my high spot of the week is going to have to be Jeff Jarrett for the fact that he was in the main, well, not the main event of SummerSlam, I guess the co-main event of SummerSlam as the special guest referee, enforcer, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I didn't get to see him hit nobody with a, car, a guitar or a car. That was Rakishi. Um, I didn't get to see him hit nobody with the guitar in WWE or, or uses good music. Like, they keep him with the lame, like, 1997-98 music he used, like it's a sad country song. Um, and then he was in Ric Flair's last match. Definitely used his My World music. Um, definitely fought with the crowd. Definitely was Don't Piss Me Off, Slap Nuts, I Got All the Stroke, I'm the Chosen One, Jeff Jarrett. Um, he I haven't seen him like that in a long time. So, and not only that, but you know, he's what we talked about earlier. He's in charge of the creative, um, for the live events and the booking now. He's owns the fucking baseball team in Springfield, fucking. It, oh, and his dad was at Ric Flair's last match as well. Jerry Jarrett was at Ric Flair's last match, and he was kind of a comedy angle for me because he could he didn't have his mouth shut the whole time. He's one of them old people that always has their mouth open now. Jerry's like 80 years old. Like that. So they get down to the ring, and they announce Jerry uh, Jarrett being at ringside. There's a guy standing next to him. He goes, Jerry, they're announcing you smile. And he went and opened his mouth from the smaller kind of open that it was to just a wider open. It looked like a big wide mouth bass just standing there, and he started waving. And then they're like, Jerry Jarrett, folks. And they took the <laughs> they took the fucking thing away from him. But, but yeah, Jeff Jarrett's definitely my uh, high spot for the week uh, to see where he was at. To now? Ten years ago, five years ago, to fucking where he's at right now. It's strange, man. It really is. Um, all, all the stuff you've heard for years and years about how Jerry Jarrett and Jeff Jarrett were no good for the wrestling business, all this shit and all this, and now it's like, eh, people are kind of leaning on Jeff Jarrett to do stuff for the wrestling world and all that, and, and his podcast is really good. Uh, I think he's extremely truthful about stuff on there. Um, and just, I don't know, man. He's, he's a good dude, really. So that's... I can't can't suck his dick any more than what I already have. Right. <laughs> Plus, he covered me going he's, pee. He's the chosen one. He covered me going to the bathroom. Yeah, I tried as best I could. My high spot of the week is I got to see FTR. Yeah, that was probably pretty cool. It was. Did they seem injured to you when you watched them? Or, there's all kinds of rumors that they're holding heavy injuries and they're just hiding it. 
No? They seem fun. Unless they're them guys that are like in wheelchairs and as soon as the match hits, it's the first time they've stood up all day long type of shit, you know? I mean, it could have been. Uh, it was FTR with Alex Zane taking on uh, the United Empire, and it was TJP and Ozzy Open. Right on. And uh, they worked the crowd. I mean, both sides worked the crowd. It was it was good. Uh, Dax. I mean, Dax, Dax is the one that everybody's talking about who's injured. They're saying, talking about him trying to give him fucking singles wrestler of the year and all that. Well, I don't the thing, know well, the that, thing is, like, all the reports is he's the one that has, what, the torn labrum? Torn labrum and that, yeah. He worked the match. Yeah. I See, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if they're just, you know, people uh, saying this and saying that, rumors kicking around and whatnot, dirt sheet bullshit. But Th- thing is, the match, though, fucking uh, Ozzy Open and United Empire won it. They, they pinned Alex Zane, of course. Then they took the mics and they're like, well, this is New Japan. We don't know how things work and where you guys are from, but, I mean, your partner lost, so uh, when when do we get our title shot? And FTR grabs the mic and they're like, fuck it, whenever you want. We love this wrestling shit. <laughs> and then they both stood up on the fucking bear, or guardrails. And it was- I hope they're making a lot of money right now. I really do. I hope it's not. I don't even think they care they're making money. They're just having fun. Probably not, but I really do. I hope they're making money and they're not just making peanuts because they deserve to, by the time their careers are with it, they deserve some contracts that had some money and, and a good home and a good, you know. Plus, I got to see TJP, which I like TJP. I don't want to see in 20 years a documentary about FTR and how they both ended up fucking alcoholics and dead like, you know, a lot of other wrestlers and shit because they wanted to have all this greatness, but they never made any money doing any of it. But, you know, so. But hopefully they're making a lot of money doing what they're doing. And they seem like they're having fun to me, so. They're fighting like eight-year-old girls. So. That is true. And uh, thanks for listening to the show. Maybe next week we might have the full three-man booth back. We might have a four-man booth. We might have a four-man booth. Either way, I'm fucking back. We're getting Marcus back? Maybe. Is his name, is his real name Marcus? Uh... We're going to call him Marcus Aurelius. No? I don't know. Where's it against Mark? I think that's too much. Maybe Mark the Marauder. Mark the Marauder? Or uh, not Marvelous Mark. There's already a Marvelous Mark Marrow. We can't do that twice. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. We're going to have to come up with Mark the Mutilator. All right. That sounds good. (laughs) It sounds good. All right. We're going to end. We don't. Well, once I figure out how to stop the show. Yep. Yep. Actually, right. instead of uh, Dick doing his normal bye, we're going to go top guys out or cut the shit.